0: Welcome dear viewer, we have a story to tell, but precautions beware so listen well. This podcast is not suitable for younger ears, so we have but one fear. Foul language and content is to be surmised, so viewer discretion is advised. Spoilers about for this and other tales to be told, if you haven't seen the show in question, you dare to be bold. Most importantly, not first but not last, the opinions expressed do not reflect the podcast. Now, this is the story all about how if your lives got flipped turned upside down. I'm gonna take a minute to tell you about this hassle about the sleepy princess in the demon castle.
1: Oh, hello there, friends. Welcome to the Sleepy Podcast in the Dub Talk Castle, where we quietly talk about the latest and greatest in anime English dubs, where you know words are coming out of our mouths, but they don't really mean anything because you're already asleep before I've even finished my intro. I'm your sleepy captive, Andrew, and joining me today is our raging bull minotaur Jamal?
0: Da, 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 da.
1: Our Franken zombie pal Jet. Hello. And Megan, oh. the Queen Adillo. <laughs> Queen Adillo seems to be dying right now. Let me continue. Grab a pillow and some nice warm sheets and tuck yourself into dreamland as we review the English dub of Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle.
2: Uh, honestly, Honestly, that's not the tone I was expecting to start this off with because we have some... We have some dark things to talk about tonight. We, we need to talk about the war crimes This princess has committed and all the lives she's taken. Look,
0: if I said it once in the Discord, I'll say it again. That princess does not give a fuck. <laughs> wait, is that we, is that we? Oh, oh, god, no! We, now we, I have a rope. Please, no! They had
2: families. We, we, we need, we need to talk about the fallen.
3: No, <laughs> uh, no. Many ghost sheets.
4: No many ghost sheets died to bring you this episode.
3: There are no war crimes in the demon (laughs) castle. There are no war crimes in the demon castle.
4: (laughs) Do you know how you get around committing war crimes? You dig a hole. And then you just throw people in the hole and bury them.
1: But yeah, so...
3: Also,
4: hi, I'm sorry I didn't have anything. The Queen Adillo thing caught me off guard.
3: A year? well. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, uh, so I would love to do a three-hour ASMR discussion, but I honestly don't think any of us could handle that, so I just settled for the intro. Hope you had fun with that. Uh, but yes, uh, we're here gathered today to talk about the English dub for a really fun, entertaining uh, comedy series from Studio Dogocobo. Uh This is uh, Studio Dogokobo Uh, let me try that again. Uh, from Studio Dogu Koga... We're going to be talking about Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. I can't really do the introductions. We're just going to be talking about the Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. Which, for those of you who are uninitiated about what this show is, here's a little synopsis for you all. Princess Silas is trying to get a good night's sleep. Long ago in olden times when people and demons lived together in disharmony, a demon king kidnapped a human princess and imprisoned her in his castle. Bereft, the princess's subjects beat beat their chests in anguish until a hero arises to their rescue. While she waits for her knight in shining armor, the princess decides to while away the long hours by sleeping if it weren't for her pesky insomnia. Uh, that, that synopsis is courtesy of the of the uh, manga from business media but that kind of undermines the fact that this is not a helpless princess who can't sleep this is a princess who will do whatever she has to to sleep and will kill anybody and everybody in her
0: way to get what she wants she not...
4: gaslights gatekeepers and girl bosses her way to
0: sleep I'm not stuck <laughs> in fucking... I'm not stuck in here with you you're stuck in here with me.
1: Oh god, that is
3: exactly exactly what this is. I
4: need to make that now, excuse me.
3: Oh, Oh, good god. God. (laughs) But yeah, no, this was a show that was, uh, I believe, dubbed during the the winter anime season, or at least started dubbing in uh, December. I believe that's when it premiered, but... But yeah, this was a a show that started, I believe, last December was when it started premiering. And this is a ton of a fun show. It's wild, very entertaining, and my god, we're going to talk to you about it and what we think about it, as well as the English stuff. So, friends, demons, everything in between some of you demon fuckers out there too i know i know we've got you here megan so hey what up thanks anytime bro anytime so yeah um we're let us begin with the staff of the english dub for sleepy princess uh so this dub was another one of the uh during covid there's been a lot of uh Outsourcing to various other uh, production studios that Funimation Entertainment has turned to. And guess what we're talking about today? We're talking about another Sound Cadence studio joint.
4: Yay. Yay! Woo! Wow, we sounded and, so un- enthusiastic as shit.
3: I'm going to be honest. Sleepy enthusiasm is very apt for tonight, but we'll... We'll wake up and deal with some chaos later. But this is a Sound Cadence uh, studio-produced dub. Uh, the main director on this project is Amber Lee Connors. Uh, she is assisted by Howard Wang, Alexis Tipton, and Damon Bills. And the head scriptwriter of this project is Leah Clark. You may know Amber Lee Connors for directing such things as Actors Song Connection, Black Rock Shooter, Glepnir, and Hells. Howard Wang has also directed Black Rock Shooter, Kimono Friends, Rio Rainbow Gate, and Thermai Romai. Alexis Tipton has directed such anime as Masamune-kun's Revenge, Magical Girls Spec Ops Asuka, Restaurant to Another World, and Dragon Goes House Hunting, and Damon Mills, who has directed, as well, Actors Song Connection, Gleep Near, as well as Full Dive. I'm not saying the full fucking name of Full, full Dive. I, you can't make me. And suppose a kid from The Last Dungeon Movies moved to a starter town.
4: Oh, but you'll say that. I see how it is.
3: Yep. And Leah Clark has written for such anime like Robohachi, Skate the Infinity, How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, and Toilet-Bound Hanako-kun. So, let's start off our discussion with the dub with
0: Jamal. Jamal, you want to start us up, buddy? Uh, yeah, this is a this is very solid dub. Does uh, it's a very spectacular casting? I know usually with shows that like have double, sometimes triple casting. That's probably a bit here and there. Because uh, if you go to South this' website, you look at the credits for all the characters that in this show. Cause there are a fucking lot of them. I mean, for God's sake, like Yeah, there's Cle- a lot of. Eats a Cle- the show four times. I mean, he's worth it. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. he is worth it.
4: I didn't know Gigi was here.
0: Oh, good God. She's here in spirit. Uh, I woke up too soon.
3: Much much like the tired
0: demon who is also a spirit. Well, I could go for some spirits right about now. But, uh, yeah, so Abba did a fantastic job, like, just putting this team together, helping pretty much... They pretty much help the cast all across the U.S. if you think about it, and, uh... It is, it is, it is very unusual, dumb. It's very comedic, it manages to punch up certain aspects of the dialogue, although the show does that most of the time, so... When I see, uh, when I hear Lea Clark's writing, I think to myself... Oh, good God. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're, like... Th-
3: Five minutes into this episode, and you have already made shitposts posts to use very efficiently and very fast.
4: That's my secret Ed- cap. I'm always shit posting.
3: Uh, Editor Son, this is on you. Please Not- continue.
0: <laughs> Noted. Uh, speaking of posts, I know I'm gonna update this episode, but uh, happy birthday, Leah. Hey happy, hey, happy birthday. birthday. Ma- Merry
3: birthmas. Also, um, this may or may not have been an accidental Christmas episode because I didn't realize the last episode of Sleepy Princess was also a Christmas episode. And we're recording this just before Christmas. So hey, Merry Christmas. And also, like, and also
4: serves as the anime NYC special because <laughs> there was an episode about going to a con.
3: <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the Lion Con episode is is a treat. Oh God! It's a, it
5: is very real.
0: Yeah. All so, right, so yeah, back to what I was saying. Uh, with Lee Clark's writing, it does punch up where it needs to punch up. Although the show tends to, tends to be funny on its own aspect. It doesn't really. Need, I know somebody said that the not all the jokes hit. I don't think not all the jokes need to hit. The show kind of does that. And, yeah, I don't really notice anything too out of place. I did notice a little bit of puns here and there. Like, uh, at one point, Siren chops up a tree to make bending out of it. And you said, and the tree says, oh, I died and got to heaven. And uh, the DBK is like, well, rest in pieces. Huh.
5: <laughs>
3: this, this show is chock full of mile a minute blink and you miss it puns and wordplay. Yeah, because I remember... The dub in particular is is a treat in that regard. Yeah, because
0: I remember at one <laughs> point the skeleton god says, You got a boat to pick with me, buddy? <laughs> I'm like... But yeah, Andrew is There are some support There are some points where, like, you blink and you miss it. Good thing I tend to put on close caption from time to time, because... Lee's writing is generally good. I know sometimes some people have, like, tend to be hit or miss. I know there was a thing on the dumbbells, but go check out the WS episode for that but I think everybody did a solid job oh sorry were, were you going up huh
3: well uh, were you were you were you continuing on sorry I didn't I didn't want to interrupt you I,
0: I didn't really have much to say. there wasn't really like anything like to those for point out whatever the show did the show did on its own whatever Leah helped to punch up she made it work so That actually brings into some information I got,
3: actually, that I would like to throw into this discussion for the sake of this section in particular. Because, indeed, Leah did write write and script the show, but there's a good amount of quips and dialogue punch-ups that were actual, like, ad-libs between the directors and the actors themselves getting to experiment and do little cool things of what they thought was personally funny or would work in the moment.
0: Yeah, that's one
2: thing. Uh, I did. That, uh, yeah, it definitely felt like
0: that. Yes. Yeah, I.
3: I this was something I, think I got uh, courtesy of Lenti. That it, it mm-hmm. definitely feels like a show that this definitely feels like a show that lets the actors play around with things, and you can kind of tell in some of the quips and dialogues. We we could go more into that, but I want to throw that out into this discussion. About the fact that they actually got to play around with that a little bit for recording this as well.
0: Yeah, it's one thing I tend to notice with a lot of sound kid shows. Like, whenever it comes to certain dialogue, they have kind of artistic artistic freedom to do whatever they want if if and when they feel it's necessary. Well, do whatever they want within reason. Within reason. I
1: imagine
3: there are there are some shows that they have worked on where it's like, okay, j- let's just let's. All right, it's this one isn't out yet, but I get the impression that the things Lenti was able to get away with during the Island of Giant Insects, they would not be able to get away with in a Gunbuster dub. Just saying. Who knows? No. Who, who knows? Just a, are you saying that somebody's gonna drop a scat reference in Gunbuster? I don't. No, know that so. like that. I mean, like...
4: I'm a scat man.
3: Oh lordy. All right. So, Megan.
4: Hi. Hi. So, I'll be I'll be real that the first time I tried to watch the show in the Japanese, I wasn't really feeling this show. I genuinely didn't find a lot of the comedy very funny. I didn't really get a lot of the humor in it. And I will admit that as a show, I think first five or six episodes just aren't really my thing but the humor in the show really shines through to me in the english version there are a lot of really funny (laughs) funny one-liners um i just want to i just want to applaud the person who fucking snuck in the free shivakadu line because free shivakadu is one of my favorite fucking things in the world
3: I didn't even catch that until you pointed that out to me. I was like, what did, what did she say?
4: He said, who got these free shavakadoos? And I was like, oh, <laughs> free Shevac-a-dos. Um, There's a lot of just genuinely funny line reads from a lot of the actors. And from what I understand, Lenti said that 90% of this show was done on auditions.
3: Yeah. yeah, Not this show, but I think like 90%... A lot of their stuff.
4: But that's... Most of the things they do, Some of yeah. the people that they because there's some people in this, like, you won't believe that it's them. And oh, yeah. And <laughs> we, we had mentioned that, and they're like, yeah, no, I got that audition tape, and... Oh, man. Uh, God, I forgot what my username was, my surfer nickname was on that server. It, it was a
3: reference to vagina bones. Okay, you no, it's a
4: com- it, it was a combination of dunking on the guy who talked about censoring how Nintendo censors games because I don't know if you, I think Jet has definitely seen this. I don't know, Andrew definitely has. I don't know if Jamal, you've ever seen it. There was a guy complaining about how they censored fire uh, Tokyo uh, Mirage Sessions.
3: Yeah, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Sessions.
4: And made a girl's hips not as wide. And he said they took out her vagina bones.
0: Oh. Uh, I would like to
4: point out that there are, in fact, no bones in a vagina. And don't try to say, ha, 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 but what about my penis? Your penis isn't bone. It's flesh and blood. I
0: thought it was cartilage. No. I'm sorry, can you tell my oh, brain well, just well, well, right a okay,
2: Well, this is, well, okay, well, this is trying to get to an awkward discussion we probably don't need. To be okay,
4: right all now. right, Jamal, that's it. We have to do a Cells at Work Black episode now. <laughs>
0: oh,
4: God. Jamal, we have to do a Cells at Work Code Black episode now. You have to do it with me.
0: Man, we Jamal, haven't even talked about the- an
4: episode on how an erection works in that.
3: We haven't even got into the skeleton man yet, and we're already fucking boned.
4: Okay, so back to what I was saying. So yeah, my 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 username on that was Vag- Vagina Von Bone Crush. and that is a combination of that specific shitty shitty take, and a line from Centaur World Season Two, where Dee Bradley Baker's character goes, uh, "My name is Philip Bonecrunch. I'm 43 years old, and I'm 47. Please watch Centaur World. Um, I will do an episode on it if you don't." if, if I will do an episode. You cannot stop me.
3: Um, this is indeed a threat.
4: This is a threat. <laughs> this is not a warning. This is a threat. <laughs> um. Hopefully. So, but the thing is that I think the reason a lot of humor hit is, yeah, not every joke hit, but I think the way that a lot of people delivered it and how many and how some of the ad libs went are great. Like sneaking in yeet yeah. makes, is, is always the word yeet will never not be funny.
3: Um, anytime Yeet gets in a dub, it's always going to at in, least get a cackle in, out of me. Yeet and my boys! Oh my god, Every anytime the phrase my boys was uttered in this dub, it, it was my boys and also anytime what happened is what? Yeah!
4: <laughs> Matt McMuscles is coming for his paycheck. Um,
3: He deserves it.
4: Um, no, and I think the, the one other thing that worked for me, especially with the casting, is that... This has a lot—a really fun cast, and an actor that I only knew from like one video game was in this, and it made me so happy. And we're gonna get to that, and you will not stop me. Um, but there's just some of the the the, the wordplay dialogue. I think there's at one point where there's an episode where they're trying to all ignore her because they're trying to train her how to work as like be an actual hostage. And she puts, she, she puts like a ribbon around the red Siberian and starts dragging him along. Cause he's like, if I just ignore her and, and in the back end, he goes, dude, he's treating her like a dog. Well, isn't he a dog? Yeah, I know. But oh, look, he's being such a good boy. So like that type of stuff really made this dub a lot of fun to watch. And I feel, I feel bad that I took so long to watch it, but I was very glad afterwards. I don't know if this is particularly my favorite Sound Cadence dub, uh, but it, it's it's again, it's a really great dub from them. And sometimes, like, like I, a lot of us like to joke that they never miss, but they still haven't missed yet for me, so I'm happy.
3: Even if it's not like your number one top tier dub, it the 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 bar set by Sound Cadence themselves is still exceptionally high.
4: Yeah, yep. and seeing as I do think that they actually put out one of the best dubs this year, Uh yeah.
3: So, yeah. All right, thank you. Uh Jed, actually, you know what I realized? I think before this dub even came out, you're the one of us who actually watched the show in Japanese. I, I kind of wanted your take on that compared to this.
2: Uh, yeah, so I did watch the entire show in, Jap- sorry, in Japanese while it was being samulcast. Uh, so, uh, so, I mean, it was largely centered around one joke, but I did find the one joke pretty amusing, and I thought it did a pretty good job of, you know, As so, so, um, so, I'm playing it up just enough that I didn't get, start getting too repetitive, and it did definitely have a lot of fun with that later on. So... So, uh, so I was pretty happy it got it um, so fast and that was being done by sound cadence, and I think, all in all, they did a pretty good job with it. I like a lot of the casting. Uh, so, uh, everyone here feels pretty appropriate for their roles. I said, oh, they cast a pretty wide net of actors. We've got uh, Texas folks. We've got Cali folks. And uh, we've even got one Canook up in here.
3: I'm pretty sure there's also, like, some... One of the many Teddy Teddy demons because there's like 20 of them. Is it one
2: of them Australian? It, yep.
3: Yes, actually, uh, Amy Smith. Whoop. Yeah, no, it, it's cool stuff.
2: So, uh, yeah, and uh, script, uh, script-wise, it's also a lot of fun. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, admittedly, I'm not like super. I'm not always like super big on Leia Clark's comedy, since I guess her sense of humor doesn't always, uh, like, particularly gel at me or what I, like, personally want out of comedy dubs. But I uh, but I like, uh, like this one a lot. Uh, the dialogue here was uh, the, uh, the dialogue here with a lot of fun. The characters bounce off each other pretty well. Uh, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of pretty fun one-liners. Uh, so, uh, the dub also played fast and loose with some slag, which could be a little hit or miss at times and did feel like not like super out of place for a couple of times, uh, maybe a couple of times were it felt a little odd, but it wasn't it was like super distracting or anything, and for the most part, I thought it did a pretty good job of like, yeah, so if not always sticking with the material, it at least felt like it got the tone of it generally right, and I was like laughing at it pretty much the entire time, so I definitely can't complain about anything on that end. And um, yeah, uh, overall, I'm uh, pretty happy with this dub. I think of anything too serious
3: i've complained about excellent but yeah so this dub has been very interesting product to explore as well as find out a little bit more about because it's definitely you can definitely tell that this is a comedy dub and they have a lot of fun with it but definitely knowing that this is very much this dub feels like what happens When you get to play in the booth. Because when you're dubbing anime. It's not always easy to get away with playing around in the booth. And this feels like a show and a dub. Where it's like. It is kind of like a um. I'd almost say it's like an improv class in some ways. Where it's like you have to be very strict and loose for a lot of it. But there's that at least like 5% tile window. Where it's like okay. Yes and. Yes and blank. Yes and blank. And you can have a little fun with it. And it sounds like a lot of the actors are having fun with this. It like they just sound like they're having the time of their lives, and because they're having fun with it, I'm having so much fun with it. Just some of these deliveries fucking kill me every single time. And it's just Oh, it's so funny. I love little quips like what happened, what do. A a lot of my favorite ones, I I would say for a lot of these characters, but it's just like... Hey
4: man, we need to focus! Also, uh, do you have a best man? Not asking, just curious!
3: (laughs) Yeah. There's just a lot of... But yeah, no, just... And of course, literally any time I hear Quilladillo say, My boys! I just just fucking lose it. Yeah, no, uh, the Amber and her team absolutely nailed uh not only like the deliveries but just the casting of this is really unique really creative really fucking wild we physically cannot get to every single character in this dub for obvious reasons i think but i at least want to give a shout out to a couple of them that we're not going to be talking out, about right now um shout out to Eric dismuke's uh cursed uh demon dentist guy oh my god yeah. my fucking-
4: <laughs> I was like I was like I was listening I was like oh my god Aaron Disney is just channeling some shit right now
3: uh gotta give a shout out to Lenti's like two minutes of fame as the stamp cat hey, because what are you doing yeah I I like one of my favorite things is that the cat is being aggressively nya punned and then and then the princess steals the cat's shoes and I I just hear like in Lenties voice, um uh why did why did you take those? I mean meow. It's like it's it's like they're breaking character and it fucking it fucking cracks me. Oh that voice (laughs) drop. Any anytime Ian Sinclair gets to be the stump or the ice golem and Megan, I'm shocked you didn't mention this one yet. Shout out to Howard Wang as the fucking prinny. Oh I got I forgot! (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah, um, yeah whether it's am supposed to get as a reference, but that was fun.
3: It's a direct funny
4: Refer- reference. Because of Marissa, because of Plenty.
3: Just like, oh yeah, no, just, it, it fucking works. Also, I learned there's just a bunch of other video game references. Which, by the way, Jet, you've seen Dragon Quest, your story, right? Yes. Did you know that Bianco and Florence, the shopkeepers from the human world, are direct references to those two characters
2: from Dragon Quest V? I did not notice that, but now you say it, I can see it.
3: And it's even funnier because the the one girl that Xanthi Wynn plays in that dub of Dragon Quest Your Stories is the one she plays in Sleepy Princess. Amazing. I didn't realize that. There's fun little gaming Easter eggs about this throughout, and it's just there's a lot of little blink and you miss it gaming references and things, and just this is a. Fun, wild, unbelievably fast-paced show, and the dub complements it completely. Mm -hmm. I had a ton of fun with this, and I can't wait to talk about more (coughs) about the cast of characters. So, let's get on to our first group. This is a group of of demons that show up just enough to be relevant to talk about. And I kind of grouped this gang together because they're kind of tangentially related. So, let's just call this, um, miscellaneous demons slash victims of the princess. Slash. We w- So, first off, we're going to be talking about, from the other demon castle, Hades and Hypnos. Hades is somebody who thinks Twilight uh, has the silver spoon and do- thinks he doesn't deserve... His title, Hypnos, is a master of sleep who sleeps twenty hours a day. God, uh, I wish we also that have me. the. We, we're also talking about the girl squad, Harpy and QB. Harpy is a happy harpy who just wants to be friends with the princess so badly, and QB is a succubus who really, really wants people to notice her, and she really wants to be popular, and it doesn't go well for her. And then also some miscellaneous members of the castle that show up just enough that I wanted to talk about. Including the Scissor Sorcerer and the High Rank Skeleton. So, this miscellaneous cast and crew, let's talk about who's playing them in the English dub. So, starting us off uh, as Hades. Chris Waycamp, who has played such characters as Mio Kanzaki Kanz- in Kona Ototomare, Miles Edgeworth in Ace Attorney, <coughs> Odana in Kakario and Leon Cromwell in That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Hypnos is one Robbie Daymond, who has played characters like Mikio Shirato in Megalobox, Mitsuki in Borto, Goro Akechi in Persona 5 the Animation, and just because he is the demon version of this character, Merlin from Fate Grand Order Babylonia. Harpy is played by Morgan LeRae, who has played characters like Yuko Aoi from Nichijou My Ordinary Life, Hime Goto from Kakushi Goto, Red Current from The Ancient Magus Bride, and Elena Aoki from another Sound Cadence dub, Gleepnir. Qb is Jade Saxton, who has played Rem Galoo from How Not to Summon a Demon Lord, Kaneko Tojo in High School DXD, Kanakamoi in Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, and here's one you haven't thought about in a while, Astaroth. the seven mortal sins
0: i was just thinking about the other
3: day but uh fitting i know uh (laughs) the scissor sorcerer is played by kyle ignasi who has played sosuke mitsuba in toilet-bound hanako-kun kai akizuki from actors song connection tokishige usami which is the guy with cat ears and the weird little running mole on his face from golden kamoi and chiaki uchimura from suridori children and the high-ranked skeleton is the one, the only, Chris Guerrero, who has played such characters as Thomas Edison in *The Empire of Corpses*, the Otter in Mai, Ichia Vanderlei Kotobuki from *Fairy Tale*, and of course, Momongo, aka Ein Gown from *Overlord*. <sighs> Jet, would you like to start us off with this group?
2: Uh sure, I can be pretty fast with a couple of these. Um Kyle kind of Nazi is a sorcerer. Uh he was a lot of uh he was a lot of fun. I kind of appreciate the very like sort of the very sort of like goofy I guess I don't know if it's like aristocratic but like I guess sort of I guess. He kinda sounds of. like a royal
3: servant. Uh, like uh, with uh, the okay. Royal we okay, okay,
2: okay, yeah, yeah, I kinda of like the whole world thing he was doing. I thought that was like a really nice touch and it added a little bit of flavour to it. Uh, Chris Guerrero as a skeleton, I mean, it was pretty much just, like, Chris Guerrero, but, I mean, well, you can't go wrong with Chris Guerrero, he was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely had some pretty, uh, definitely had some pretty heavy voice delivery every now and then, which I appreciated. Uh, Robbie David, uh, Robbie David as Hypnos, uh, was a little surprised Robbie David popped up in this stuff, but he was pretty fun. I, I, I definitely I definitely appreciated the joke with despite the fact that he the character is like the god of sleep, he can't actually put people to sleep, he just likes to sleep a lot which is a pretty good punchline
0: my man
3: <laughs> he sleeps 20 hours a day and just doesn't give a shit, he's, he's living his best life
2: yeah, yeah. I was appreciate the joke where he like briefly takes the princess on as like his quote unquote apprentice and then he surpasses him in like a day
0: and then she just disregards all those lessons when she gets back to the teddy demons. Yep. Yep. Mood.
2: Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Um uh, Jad Saxon as QB. Uh personally it was a little squeaker than I was uh, that I'm used to with Jab but I definitely uh, got a lot of malads out of it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there were a couple of points where you could tell that uh, her voice was maybe cracking a little bit, trying to like maintain a higher pitch, but her comedic timing was uh, generally good enough to mask it. And in general, I just I just thought the whole character's, I, uh, the whole character's idea of wanting to being so desperate to be popular was pretty funny. And uh, and, uh, and I definitely got a few good chuckles out of the bit where he where he inadvertently becomes the princess's body double.
3: And then she also just literally becomes a baited switch. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. Like, she, yeah, she's accidentally traded the body double and then basically becomes a body double for real in the final episode.
3: <laughs> so, I, I, I jokingly said this the other day, and then the, when I wrote it, I'm like, oh no, this is perfect. Being QB is suffering. Yep. Yep. Never make a contract with QB.
0: God, I do, you gonna go
3: there. Uh, if you make a deal with the devil the devil will smile back
2: yep. uh, but, uh, but yeah uh, but yeah that was a lot of fun um let's see uh Morgan Lori as Harvey uh definitely sounded really adorable you could tell the poor girl just really wants to have friends and it's uh, just symbol to body but also too bad because you know it's a princess. And I and of we appreciate the jokes where the like, carp is just trying so hard to be friendly to the princess that's like completely ignoring her existence. I felt so bad for her. And uh and uh all their interactions are great, but I definitely got like a really good cake out of Morgan's livery where like where like the princess demands to demands that she fly her to the cop to the top of the castle. I did just hear like I did hear like Morgan's She's fucking vo-
3: screaming.
1: Yeah, no, and like
2: no and oh, okay no, and even before the that's like when the princess asks like you hear Morgan Drop a couple of updates and say, my quad's going to be on fire. So yeah, that was pretty funny. And then uh, lastly, uh, Chris up is Hades. That does not sound like Chris Wakeham. There's sure only believe one word,
3: and the word is bullshit!
2: Yep. <laughs> Uh, like, like, okay, like, admittedly, like, admittedly, I haven't seen like, as much Chris Wake stuff as the rest of you guys have, but even with my, like, admittedly limited knowledge. I'm like, that does not sound like any Chris Wake role I've ever heard. Insane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely appreciate how, like, deliciously hot, side and heavy sounds. Like, he's trying so... <laughs> like, he's trying so hard to be big and evil and to be taken seriously. To add, to add, doesn't realize that the princess he took is like escaping behind his back. Quite literally, in fact, which is which is a pretty good joke.
3: Even stealing the clothes behind <laughs> his back,
2: too. Yeah. yeah, I have to say the most amazing thing is that, like, I was thinking this is just me, one and done character, but then he actually comes back, like, a couple of episodes later. And they're, like, asking him for advice on how to deal with the princess, which was surprised because he's, like, the last person he would go to advice to on that area, but, like, okay.
3: He's so ready to be, like, the, the dramatic <laughs> rival, and then they turn the TV off. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, fuck you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah, uh, this entire section, pretty funny.
3: Okay. Megan.
4: Uh, Yeah. So um, let's start out with... I'll start out with Jade. Uh, I think the thing that works for her is that it's a little bit of Jade, but I think it's also her channeling a little bit of uh, the actress or the princess in her a little bit. But man, hearing Jade screech and cry because she's literally enduring hell is, is kind of funny being kube is suffering i love when she's like so what's the final test because she just wants to be popular she wants to be
1: popular
0: Oh <laughs> um, <laughs>
4: um but she's like so what do i have to do and the princess is just like take death with dignity and then the princess is trying to fucking scar her ass in more ways than one um
3: If your friends are telling you to jump off a volcano, would you do a flip, pussy? (laughs) Um, That—that's a quote from her. That's the quote from Aurora's yearbook. Do a
2: flip, pussy. (laughs) Pussy.
4: (laughs) From from uh, Silas, the princess's yearbook. Do a fluffy pussy. Chiyonaka Hara has entered the chat. (sighs) What? Are you okay? (laughs) anyway well these guys are fucking dying like the princess um i'll move on to uh i again i don't have much for Jade. uh the high-ranking skeleton uh is he the one that has like the it looks like the arrow going through his head yeah he's
3: got the arrow through his skull okay chris
4: guerrero was great that one was a very obvious reference to overlord
3: oh
0: yeah Um, definitely
4: i thought it was a lot of fun and i really like getting to hear chris guerrero do a lot more comedic performances Uh, sometimes I don't think they give him enough due. He was a lot of fun. Uh, Morgan as the harpy was not the person I thought it would be. Um, I was surprised. I haven't, like I said, I'm so used to Morgan playing, like, adult sultry characters. So having her play, like, the teen girl squad girl as a harpy is great. And then just her going, my gams.
3: She's basically playing a much more socially awkward, like, Yuko. Oh, from from Beachy Joe. Yeah, that's
4: what it was. Right, right. And then just just my gaffes. Oh, man, my mom was making fun of Panda today about her her legs. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my dog, Panda, has very funny feet. So we were were making a joke about something uh, that I'm not allowed to talk about yet. And my mom said, oh, I'll have Panda do it. But if Panda was going to... My mom goes, Panda could never make it as a rock hat. They'd be like, look at your gams, girl. You've got some fucked up gams.
3: Her flippers are adorable.
4: I love my dog's flippers. They're great. She's a cutie patootie. Um, Hypnos. My audible reaction to when Hypnos came on screen was, Jesus
3: Christ, you're hot. Um, So that begs the question. What is the Megan demon sexiness pecking order of sexiness?
4: I'm gonna have to do this for every demon. Uh, so I'm sorry to everybody from Quilladillo down. You are sadly missing this. There is only one furry allowed on this list. Um, and he's a big if you, one.
3: If you don't <laughs> want to do it all for time's sake. I you know, can't like- do it
4: all. Do you know how many demons I'd have to fuck? Do I look like interspecies reviewers?
3: all right give us your top five guys burgers and fries all
4: right all right
3: so Which, which of those burgers do you want to take a bite out of
4: would you let me would you let me flip them shut the fuck up andrew all right so number five Gotta be Twilight. Uh, okay, actually, wait, no. Number five, gotta be Twilight. Look, he's a good-looking dude, really cute, really nice, but he's a little screechy, and I'm afraid of that. If I'm going to Pound Town, he might cry. Uh, number four. Yeah,
0: Ooh, it to you, snoozing.
4: Oh, sorry. Number six is Hades. Hades barely makes, the, doesn't make the list. He doesn't feel like he would treat me well. Probably. I mean, damn bitch, do you see how he lives? Yep. (laughs) Alright, number four. Number four is our good friend uh, Nia Alruin. She's cute. She got vines. That means she can do BDSM pretty well. Uh, I know that she will choose me and forgive me for all that I do, even if I murder her brother. Or fuck him, but he's a tree and that's weird. And I don't want splinters up there.
3: She'll uh, she'll pet she'll give you pets and then give you fresh shavaka dues.
4: I'll I'll free shavaka-do her. Oh. <laughs> Number three. Number three's got to be the demon cleric. Look, man, corrupting a holy man. A one hundred percent. Don't know how sex in the coffin's gonna work. Gonna be a little tight. I mean, but, you know, he did
0: get real on that coffin that one episode.
5: <laughs> <laughs> also,
4: also also he has grips I can hold on um he comes you with can
3: hold sleep. on for dear life while you're praying to whatever God you pray to
4: while he's picking a god and praying number two has gotta be red Siberian
3: big bar Far, of worker
4: or, for, for. uh you and me baby ain't nothing but mammals um, I would tie the knot with him. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is definitely Hypnos. I'm sorry. He's the right level of twinkin- He's the right level of lean beef. He's chill. After we're done, he can put me to sleep. He looks like he'd treat me nicely. And, uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to be sending you to hell when I can. Uh,
2: so, uh, so Megan, uh, so Megan, I only have one Megan, I only have one question. Since you picked up those. As I uh, do you think uh, do you think he would finish before he falls asleep? Oh <laughs> that's a
3: good
4: question.
2: you
0: think
4: he'd <laughs> what? I mean some I mean some is an actual king, so
0: um, okay, you know what? You we know what? Using...
4: And because you asked me for science, fuckface, face, all of you, is Red Siberian hot?
3: Dude's got big bara energy and like that is a that is a very, very bushy shag carpeting he's got going on. You're riding that, you're gonna get a nice off ride. Mm. Fucking yeah, yeah. It's it's the glasses and the strong muscular frame he's got going for him too. Mm.
4: So when he he, w- so- he
3: would caress you in your arms, lick your face, and then take you t- Oh my god,
4: what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Do you okay. think
4: he would? Do you think he would read you the rules <sighs> as he goes down on you?
2: Probably. No, he
3: he would make you
0: read the rules as he's going into you. If you do something wrong. Number
4: ninety. Ro- number ninety-six. I will use lube before anal.
0: If if you do something wrong, would he read that as a violation? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: Okay. <laughs> Was, anyway, was, back to what I was talking about. Yes, please. <laughs> this was... I'm, I'm so happy I'm doing this, you fuckers. Uh, continue.
4: I was talking about Robbie Damon's hypnosis. Robbie Damon was great as him. He brings that level of, like, suave Robbie Damon charm with a little bit... The little tiny bit of sex appeal. Because look at it. Let's be real. We all know why you're here for hypnosis. Ding, ding. Um, Kyle as kyle actually gave me like a whimsical alice in wonderland kind of vibe
0: as he does
4: what uh anyway so i really liked his words i kind of wish that character was there a little bit more that's the instant vibe but man holy shit! what the hell way camp yo dude you know that meme of the guy going hey yo what the fuck?" yeah that was me the second way camp spoke uh that is some fucking voice acting black magic. I had no idea that was him. Please let him do Starscream voices more often.
3: Damn it. I was going to say that. Yeah, no. That's what
4: you get for putting me on the spot about my kinks, you little shit.
3: Touche. But no, legit. That is like. That is a fucking Starscream ass 80s villain voice, and I love it. Ah, <laughs> oh.
0: alrighty, Jamal. Uh, now we need to need a moment to recover. Uh, well, obviously I'm gonna save Hades for last. Uh, let's start with, uh, let's start with Hypnos. Yeah, Robbie David does have a slight- Actually, since Joe, he does have a slight sex appeal, even when he's acting as certain characters that don't really need to have sex appeal, but Hypnos, it came very natural to him, so. And, and I like how smooth and Serene he was being when he was beat all sleepy and stuff. Yeah, he's a pretty cool character. Uh, Morgan Larray is happy. Thank you for mentioning Yuko because that's exactly what I think of. It's just Morgan being a more frantic Yuko is this character, you know. All she just wants to do is make some friends and the princess don't give a fuck about anything else, except maybe the teddy demons and her own interests. Eh. Okay, she care she cares about the eggplant seals too. Oh yeah, definitely the eggplant seals. Hi Michelle Marie. Uh but yeah, she did very, <laughs> she did very good just having this curiosity for the princess, or to find out that you know she doesn't. I don't know. It feels like the, the, she she senses that the princess is tugging along with tugging her along, but she, she doesn't really care to be honest. At least that's the vibe. I'm kind of getting, but uh, Jane Sax is QB. God, uh, can I cannot hear that though. J is QB. Uh <laughs> yeah, this to me like whenever I hear J Tax in com- uh, comedy, this is kind of her better, but it's like it kind of, I mean, she has to kinda of go above and beyond because she has to match uh she has to match the energy of the person playing the princess, which it would have been fu- kinda of funny if that was Anthony because sometimes the two tend to sound alike in certain shows, now that as it's that mission jumps as well but i thought she did very well be the body double to the princess <laughs> what really got me was that last episode with the baited switch because it's like where the hell did she come from
3: <laughs> they just shoved her in the sack and she's like no questions asked i got paid yeah,
0: yeah then you then you find out know. then you find out from the mentor that the cleric is like oh so this is all her own fault then uh,
2: is it, yeah yeah, uh, to uh, the cleric for having that kind of foresight
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad she didn't have that foresight, what she had to deal with the princess. Cause, uh, Well for one thing, having to do all those, all those, uh, all the trouble she's given her. It's like, do, do you do this every so often? She's like, no. Nah, I'm like, I'm asleep eighty percent of the time. She's like, well, why torture me then? Cause it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. She did a very good job for what she's given. She just wants to be popular. And Princess just wants to use it. Uh Car is the scissor sorcerer. Yeah, you're right, Megan. He does have a very whimsical vibe. Him. That's one thing I've noticed about Carl a lot. I I just wish I could hear him in like more stuff nowadays, cause I mean hell I know He good. He good. Especially if you listen to Epithel Erased. But uh yeah. Uh Chris. I almost called wicked. Chris Guerrero is the skeleton. <laughs> what Andrew weren't you saying something in the beginning like he had a kind of a skeletal impression or something like that?
3: So like it's obvious the reference is that he has played Momonga, but the exact tone of voice he he's using is like his best skeletor
0: and it fucking works. Yeah. It's funny, <laughs> at times it works and at other times I mistook him for uh, another actor we'll get to later on, which it's quite impressive in and of itself. He, he's very vocal, he's very quippy. Oh yeah, he's also the voice of the Michelin Man later in another episode. Nice! I couldn't believe that was him, like... Voice acting's fun. Yeah, it's amazing how much black magic there is in this show. Uh, speaking of black magic... Bullshit, that's Chris Wakeham! Bullshit, yeah. oh, man! Like, just yeah. What? When, when do I stop, man? Like, what hasn't been said at this point? Because I don't think there's gonna be much to be said. Because he only spent two episodes, but even then, that is not Chris Wakeham. At least not the Chris Wakeham we know him for. So
3: there's two exactly. There's two things you can say. Bullshit, that's camp, but bullshit, that's amazing, too. Like, genuinely incredible and a ton of fucking camp,
0: WayCamp got just what I need.
3: But, uh... That's all I got to say, so... Alrighty, so... I'll start this out with, as we were mentioning, the Scissor... The Scissor Sorcerer, uh, Kyle Ignasi, is a very entertaining, very fun little, uh royal we he's got going for him and it just i also love that he's got like a little like shants he throws into his uh his dialogue he's very polite and formal despite the fact that he basically just gives the princess a giant pair of scissors and then it becomes fucking clock tower like her with the giant pair of scissors straight up is the princess in clock tower it's horrifying. Hard- <laughs> oh i was like thinking- oh shit i did i when we were mentioning uh actors uh Tooth reference in the beginning section. I forgot about one. Bryce Pappenbrook is the fucking ghost shroud. Mm. Many Bryce Pappenbrook ghost shrouds died to bring you this dog. Hey, I think, w- was it Mike Pollock like the king ghost shroud? Mike yes. Pollock was king him. ghost shroud. Oh,
0: yeah. Man. But yeah,
3: so, so that's the thing. Kyle Ignacy is a ton of fun as the. Uh, Scissor Sorcerer. And yeah, the the High Rank Skeleton, I love Guerrero's Skeletor so much I had to throw him into this episode and talk about him. He's so fucking delicious and fun. He's it, it, so fucking good. Um, Morgan Lorray is basically just the introvert to Yuko's extrovert. She is a shy, adorable, precious little, little cinnamon roll. Morgan sounds very, like, restrained and very... Awkward, but she really is trying, and it's adorable and sweet. But also, her pain—her pain is funny too. It's sad, but it's also like (laughs) when she's when she's fucking lifting her, yeah, (laughs) fucking legs.
0: Oh my god! Scream (laughs) she
5: gives with her
3: fucking (laughs) just (laughs) fucking kills me. Morgan's so fucking funny. Yeah, no, like, Joe made me appreciate Morgan a whole, whole lot more, and she was, like, my best, like, lead in a comedy that year for good reason. She's, She's a ton of fun as Harpy. And then there's Jade! Jade playing this screechy little popular dumbass... She's so fucking like. She's trying her best. She has neither a brain cell or a thought in her head. She just wants people to look at her and like her and tell her she's pretty. Oh, people look at her. Like all right. Tracy, you know, kind of like Tracy Tag from uh, Fairly Odd Parents.
5: Tell me I'm pretty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> tell me I'm pretty, only if you die for me.
2: Uh, okay, no, she's not Tracy Tag. Her tonal levels are bad, but.
3: the comparison's there i think the tone of voice is there but i love i love this very like i kind of you can definitely hear a bit of the screech in jade's voice but i think that for qb's favor that screech really works in her favor because i just kind of like the way she's like yay i'm gonna be so popular (laughs) popular i'm gonna be popular I'll be in such huge distress playing with princess. And Uh, have a da da
1: da. uh, uh,
3: Okay. Gotta be popular.
2: Uh, Okay, I I gotta say, like, Megan, like, your impression right now was so eerily similar and actually scared me for a second. (laughs) Jade and Pixie (laughs) Tangs. Jade. Really? Yeah. Uh...
4: (laughs)
3: Well done, well done.
4: I, but, I didn't. I, there is no way that sounded like Jade Saxton. That's bullshit. At,
3: at least you did a good QB impression. I give you props for that. But yeah, so this character is a cute little dumbass, and she is just pure screeching anxiety. Also, she has another one of my favorite lines in the show I totally forgot about where it's like. Oh, no! Quilladillo! No, he's <laughs> now he's just a dillo! Now he's
5: just a dillo!
3: Just like the saddest in her voice is so good. <laughs> Anyway, she is traumatized and she's doing her best and I love her. Uh, Robbie David is a sexy, sleepy son of a bitch. Alright. Uh, hyp- hypnosis is a delight and he's, he's, he's a ton of fun. Uh, he's great. I got a crack out of him with reacting to the princess and hanging out with the cast, and then of course Chris Wakecamp as Hades. Unbelievable! Please, 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 casting directors, people, let Guerrero use this voice more often. This is fucking incredible. Yes, fuck, I said Guerrero. <laughs> please. Let- I mean, if Wake, if Guerrero can pull this voice off, more power to him. Let him no. do it too. Let him do it too. Let Chris Wakecamp do more characters and voices like Hades. This is unbelievably delicious, hammy, 80s cartoon Saturday morning villain. I love it so much, and it sounds like he's having a fucking ball. It's incredible stuff. This crew of demons is a ton of fun, and I'm glad we got to talk about this miscellaneous group. But you know what? These guys are a little more scatterbrained. We need to to look to a more tight-knit group of friends. Let's talk about our boys. Hashtag the boys. This is Quilladillo, the Grunt Goblin, Minotaur, and Franken-Zombie. These are basically just the various low-level demons that kind of become, like, her watchguards, slash, caretakers, slash, friends, slash, maybe, (laughs) pseudo-parents? They would absolutely send this girl to school and then take pictures of her uh, piano recital.
5: Uh.
3: They they are proud parents. Uh, So... Let's talk about who plays these characters. Uh, Quilladillo is one Ben Lepley, who has played such characters as Def Pierce and Grey Road in The Seven Deadly Sins, Illuso in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind, Kyle in Carol and Tuesday, and Amama... Amma, Am- Oh my mask in One Punch
0: Man. Oh, okay. I,
3: I also
1: heard he he may or may not be in a little game called uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, <sighs> Megan, would you happen to know anything about that?
4: I think I may know what to do.
3: Ah, uh, you 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 did the to do to do da-do.
4: I would like to do him. Um,
3: do
0: do do do. Anyways. But the
4: game, the game won't let me. I, I stream Fire Emblem guys. The game won't let me marry to do as a man. Fucking cowards. Mount
0: to do.
3: Somebody is. Uh. Anyways.
4: Yeah. To be tree. Um, <laughs>
3: touche. Anyways, uh, playing the rest of our boys, uh, the Grunt Goblin is Rico Fajardo, who has played characters such as Zane from the Duke of Death and His Maid, Daisuke Shima in Starblazer, Space Battleship Yamato, Itana Horbei from Assassination Classroom, and Benimaru from That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. I'm saying nothing. Ugh, oh, damn it. I was, I was waiting for your reaction, damn it. Oh, well. Uh, the Minotaur is played by one Gianni Machigrano, who has played such characters as the Panther in Dragon Ghost House Hunting, Mira from Beat X, Kimata from, Memory, uh, Kimata from Memory's Stink Bomb, and Leo from Arte. And the Franken-Zombie is Jim Ferranda, who has played Isanari Isen- Uesugi from the Quintessential Quintuplets, King Toma Fiore from Fairy Fairytale, Muscular from My Hero Academia, and Denny Broche from Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Megan, would you like to, to do this first?
4: God damn it. Fuck off. Um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, sorry. Uh, my ears are itchy. Um, but let's start off with... Rico. Uh, Rico kind of plays a little alien-looking-ass one. Uh, I thought he looked like- he looks like something that crawled out of Area 52. Um, uh, he was a lot of fun. I don't think he was necessarily the strongest of the four that I would say. He he had a really good time, though, with it, and I could definitely feel it come through. Uh, the Minotaur, I think, had, was Gianni, right? Yes. Gianni made me laugh a lot of times because the Minotaur sound like I I'm not super familiar with Gianni's work unless you count Twitter shit posts. Um, mm-hmm.
3: I love the kind of woman that will actually fucking kill me.
4: <laughs> yeah, like that shit. Um, so I I liked it a lot. I loved how kind of gruff and yet like really kind of like babyfied he sound. Like the part where the Minotaur has to they're like they're at the human prison where they're trying to teach Silas how to be a good prisoner. And she's like, Gasp, yes, you're t- you're such a monster. And he's like, oh. And he just sounds like a really dejected puppy. Is just like super cute. And it made me laugh. Uh, Jim Ferranda as the Franken-zombie. Was he the guy who's like, hey guys, I'm getting married. Yep.
3: Yes, he was. <laughs>
4: like his delivery during that scene actually stuck with me and i loved how he was kind of like he was just one of those like steady rock kind of straight men between all of them sometimes but my standout in this section is ben Fucking lipley um i love ben lipley in this there are times that that, that argillo sounded like armadillo sounded like to do and that did things to me um i love that i got to hear him play a lot more comedic and free in this because ben just has some of the fucking funniest lines like my quills! My voice, And no, you quill not. Uh, when she's like, I'm going to do it again next week. And then there's like the scene of the end. It's like, oh man, she's going to, she's going to, uh, she's going to leave us. And then she puts his quills in to her horns. She's like, that's my quills! I did that!
3: That's my baby girl. girl she's using my horns. horns. And you all see it right here. It's You're on TV.
4: Neat. That means it's true. Just, I like how he's also kind of like the voice of reason a lot of times between them. He's like, guys, and I like when he does the baby voice when she turns herself into the baby.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh god, I love how he's like, oh, this is nice. So this is this what it is feels like
4: to hold a human child. <laughs> god, I remember the fucking the fucking dentist scene was like, uh, because he's usually like the the lower voiced uh guy. And I'm just so happy that I got to see hear him in this. So I'm really hoping that Sound Cadence gets to put him in other things and give him a lead, what? Um, that's all I got to say.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Jamal. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rico is the goblin. right. He, he didn't get as much to do in the show, but he did enjoy himself nonetheless. It's, all, it's always nice when I hear Rico in the comedy. Uh, let's see uh Jim formont is the freaking zombie I like how he has this kind of uh, kind of voice to him <laughs> it's like you know you just you just saying some really stupid stuff because you're not thinking well of course you don't have a brain and he's like hey guys I'm getting married this after this battle. I was like, really? You gonna break that up while you're trying to rescue the princess? Also, oh,
3: they're absolutely doing a whole joke on the death flag.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, does that really apply to him?
0: Yeah. Also pointing out the obvious, like, when he, every time the princess dies, then she could just rescue the turtle so I was like, well, isn't that what she wanted in the first place? I was like,
4: nice. yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, 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 Gianni is the Minotaur, I, when well, I first heard of him, i mistook it for somebody else, but, yeah, man, Gianni's voice, I'm surprised how naturally deep it is, because, like, I've seen maybe a couple of his Twitch streams, or his, yeah, his, uh, pre-streams, I guess, I was surprised how naturally deep it is, but, yeah, man, like, he was very good in this role, and other than shitposting, posting Arte Btex. I'm not too familiar with him either. I, mean, I know he's a transplant at least, but I did very well with what he's got.
3: Also, it's funny you mentioned Arte because I actually feel like his uh, Minotaur voice is like eerily similar, maybe slightly lower than his Leo. I, I, I think it's
0: it. completely lower, completely gruffier than what he did in Arte. So, also because I know Andrew's gonna break this up soon. Yeah, I'm still not over the Spike Beagle impression. Jesus Christ.
3: <sighs> it, it, it's... Some people Some people on this earth had skills. Some people use them to make terrible, cursed things. His Columbo's not
0: bad either, by the yeah, way. Yeah, is both. Just
4: one more thing.
0: Yeah. I haven't heard his Columbo yet, but... Anyway. And yeah, Ben so- Lebley's the is obviously, obviously stand standout here, because... Other than, uh, One Punch Man, I haven't really heard a lot of Ben Lepley roles, and <laughs> I thought he was very, very cool, very neat, especially the whole moment with she's just holding the, the little small princess, the small little princess. I was like, oh, this is kind of cute, actually.
1: <laughs> but He's like, oh this is kind of nice. I f- it feels so warm. I feel, I feel alive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's the moment that always get me. That uh, when he quips on his quills, like, my quills! My boys! My quills again! It's like, you could just ask, you know? Nah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they did, they did very well. It's like, I mean, yeah, they did very well, I hope we get to see more of them someday. Mm-hmm. Also season two, please and thank you. Of this. Okay. Yep. Come on, okay,
3: Japan.
2: Yeah.
3: Alright, Jet.
2: Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Um. Honestly, I didn't have too much to add, both because you guys covered a lot of what I probably would have said, and also because, like, if I'm being honest, these, um, these, this particular set of characters kind of all blended together for me a little bit. As I, uh, which, which I mean, which. Isn't necessarily a bad thing because these characters aren't together a lot, and they are basically like the minion squad. So, so, so they aren't supposed to kind of blend together in that sense. And I think in that respect, the, everyone here did a pretty good job. But so, uh, but sometimes I but so, uh, but sometimes I did like. Have a little trouble better remembering which character was which. But as uh, so, uh, uh, so, uh, but I did uh, but I did like all the I did like all the more or less Jim uh, Jim as a Franken Zombie. Uh, uh, like, 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 I was saying, I did get, like, a pretty good chuckle out of the bit where he was, like, pretending that he was getting married to and then the whole, like, fake death flag thing. And in general, he make, makes the franken zombie come off as, like, a pretty nice, if kind of, simple guy. Uh, Gianni Machonago is a minotaur, uh, yeah, uh, it's a little deeper than what he was doing our, in Arte, but it was a lot of fun, and I did definitely feel for him when he was, uh, during the whole, like, um, uh, Princess Hostess training thing where, like, she pretends to be in fear of him and he just sounds very sad, and I felt bad for him. I felt bad for the baby boy.
0: Yeah. Baby, baby,
4: baby
3: boy.
2: Yeah, uh, Rico is a grunt goblin to me, We didn't say that to me too much, but Rico uh, Rico's uh, great at everything he does, and he was, like, pretty fun here, so I don't have anything I would, like, actually complain about. And then the Tarnus section, like you guys are saying, is definitely, like, Ben Lepley as a Quilladillo, he, uh, he does a pretty good job just kind of being, like, the straight man of this particular group, and he definitely sounds like the most deadpan, which really... He's comes, the
3: literal mom friend. Yeah.
2: Uh, which really comes across well in, like, all of Ben's delivery. So, uh, I thought he did a really good job there. And then, yeah, uh, just, like, does a really good job of sounding more level-headed. Um, mm-hmm. which, uh, which, he definitely got, uh, which he definitely got a need and a care with wacky as this, uh, 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 but he also gets like, uh, but he also gets a lot of like pretty good. L- he also gets like a lot of pretty good little items, which I also appreciated. So, uh, yeah, all at all, but uh, no complaints about this section. They all did a good job. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I was gonna do a bit saying that Franken Zombie was like the stoner friend, and in a way, he, he kind of is. But it just occurred to me that Jim's delivery and the character and his design. Reminds me a lot, funny enough, of Ed from Ed and Eddie. Yeah, kind of does. Just something about the way he looks and acts reminds me a lot of Ed. Hmm. Maybe maybe it's the little uh, metal thing in his head. He, he despite being dead, I. Despite being undead and brainless, he probably has more brain cells than some of the other demons at this show, all things considered.
4: Probably.
3: Uh, yeah. I adore Gianni's, uh, baby bull. That's what I'm gonna call him, baby bull. Just big, just big old macho, badass, tough guy. Just the sweetest, the sweetest friend in the world. I want to give him head pats. I want him. I want to give him, feed him some grass and tell him he is a good little moo moo. Yes. But no, uh, I love Gianni and just that sort of like gruffness and just compliments and bounces off these other characters. Rico's a good little gremlin goblin boy. I think he's the one that stands out the least to me of this group, but he does a great job. He is a small gremlin child and he is good boy and he's he's good. They're all good protective parents. And then there's Ben, who is just so, so dumbfounded by small, small baby princess. And is just so in love. He's like, oh, this is so peaceful and adorable. And just, oh God, no. Every time she uses his quills as a weapon and he screams is a delight. And just any time he, sc- he screams the phrase, my boys, it just never fails to get out a laugh out of me. I, I haven't heard him in a lot of comedies, but Ben is a delightful comedic actor. I would <laughs> love, love to hear him in more comedic roles in general. This was a fucking treat. The boys are back in town, and I love these boys. I, I love these boys so much, and they are very, they are very good polyamorous demon dads to Silo- Silas. Syphilis. Cialis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Megan.
4: You were thinking
0: it. No, I called her Cialis.
3: (laughs) No. Megan, we're about to talk about her mother. She's going to hear us. She's going to hear you calling her baby girl syphilis, and she's going to... Actually what Prince, would she do?
4: Princess if, give me the thumbs up and say you're good.
3: Hey, just make sure you tell your demon boyfriend to get tested. Okay, I need to I need to derail this immediately. Let's talk about some humans cuz there are some in this show. <laughs> what the heck? Are you
5: okay?
4: You just are You okay?
3: I No, but I will be.
4: Andrew, you just need to let it out.
3: Oh my god. Why
1: are you doing
4: this? Why are you
5: like this? Fuck.
3: Oh, I should have known. But I'm still happy we're doing this. Donner the Hero, uh, his samurai swords boyfriend, Kisho, and Queen Goodrest, also known as the narrator of this show. Her name is Aurora, which is really funny if you think about Uh. it. Oh, her, is her... Yeah,
0: okay. uh, Oh, whoa! good rest. At this time of year, this time of day, this part of my... this part of the dub, localized the title within my anime? Yes. Can I see it? It's more likely than you think. Oh
3: my god. Can I see it? Uh, no. Sleepy, 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 sleepy. <laughs> Anyways, so... Daughter of the Hero is the legendary hero who's also predestined to marry, uh, Silas... And she is not too thrilled about it. She doesn't even remember his name. Kisho kind of talks enough that I feel like he's worth talking about. He's a cool little samurai party member. Uh, Waker does not talk enough or barely at all for me to really mention. But Waker is played by uh, Melly Grant. So sh- sh- shouting, shouting, shouting them out. And yeah. The queen is the queen. And she's also a quote unquote dummy dumb. What do I do with
0: purpose? That's all I see. What? Did you ask what her breast size was? No, no, oh!
2: I was about to say, the wow, like, and here I was surprised horny th- that horny Andrew didn't make a single horny comment.
3: No, <laughs> anyways, it's pretty clear that It's her... me.
4: I've got the horny brain cell tonight.
3: Anyways, if you're going to ask her what her cup size is, it's obviously queen size, duh.
4: Andrew, that's not how bras work. A
3: rack fit for a king.
2: Adrian there, go to Jen, corner. is that what
3: you were expecting?
2: Go to corner. That was bad.
3: I would, but I have You know to what you so did. I know exactly what I did. My, my boy is looking... Do at I
4: have to back. get the Proton John clip? Oh
3: Alright. Let, let me... Let me... Let me talk about who plays these characters. So, D. What's-His-Face, a.k.a. Donner, is played by one Nicholas Andrew Louie, who... I found one anime credit, which was Abukawa from Glepnir. But he has also made several other appearances in Death Battle. In case you're curious which Death Battles he partook in in particular, he was the voice of Sonic in Sonic vs. Wally West Flash, Broly in Hulk vs. Broly, and in the very recent Madara vs. Aizen, he was Madara Uchiha. Oh. Just throwing some fun facts. I also learned apparently um, he was the lead in a Sound Caden Studio uh, dubbed indie game called Regalia of Men and Mardox pl- named K. Which I learned about this because K in that game looks eerily, scarily similar to Donner, and that's pretty fucking funny. Uh, Kisho is Stephen Kelly, who has played such characters as. Lord Theorine from Last Dungeon Boonies, Nirosaki from Memories, Stink Bomb, and Ryo Sautome from Actors, Songs Connection. And Queen Goodrest, as well as our lovely narrator, is Elizabeth Maxwell, who has played such characters as Ryo Flavin from Sposa Kid from The Last Dungeon Boonies, aka the best girl of that show, Fuck You, Fight Me, Lisa from Fire Force, Arisa Utani from Fruits Basket and Christina Wako Yamato from New Game. Jamal,
0: would you care to start us off? Well, first off, I'm surprised you talk about Elizabeth Maxwell and you didn't bring up Midnight for My Hero Academia.
3: She's got a she's got a cavalcade of super sexy ladies, dude. I, I can only pick a, so many.
0: Well, one for one, uh, Midnight is usually a good time for most people to be sleeping. Two, her quirk is actually oh to make god, people sleep. Oh my god, you a pot. Come on! Oh,
3: you're doing a, you're doing a fucking pun. That's I, not even oh. a pun.
0: That was like just something obvious, man. Like, come on. You're talking about a show about sleeping. You neglected to wake up midnight. You know, you make a valid point.
3: Just because you are right, but also shut up. <laughs> How dare you be right, but also shut up? Uh, that is a line I am stealing from uh, "Combatants Will Be Dispatched" because it made me laugh. If Uh, you think
4: about it though, uh, midnight question. Jamal, you caught up on the manga.
3: For what? No, no, no. Andrew knows exactly where I'm going with
4: this. You stop that.
3: You go in the corner.
4: Can't make me. You're not my real dad.
3: You have no power over me. I'm a 30. Ash will be a sad boy. Do you want to make Ash sad? Yeah, that's what I thought. From cats. Uh, that's illegal. Fine. I'll, sa- I'll send you pictures of him later. Thank you. Alright. All right, continue?
0: You want me to continue or you want me to shut up? Uh... Jem-
3: continue. Jemal.
0: Okay, there. so uh, starting off with uh, Donna. Who is now? I'm going to be honest. Other than Gleipnir, of course, I'm not too familiar with him. I haven't really watched Death Battle in a long while. But what I did hear him as Donna, I thought... I, I can't remember exactly who it was in my head, but did, the voice did remind me of somebody oddly familiar. But yeah, yeah, Niggas did a very good job playing this character, who's very stoic, but very derpy when you get into his backstory. But also, bullshit, that was pretty it's the younger version, because half the time you could tell that was her, half the other half, you could not, like. We spoke about black magic with some of these characters. To which also bullshit that was easy close to close the Rocket Turtle, but I digress. Oh hi. Anyway, not doing very well, it's just you come to find out, you know, they want the hero to succeed just to get rid of the princess or something like that, but there's like no nah, you don't want the princess to be in the I guess an abusive relationship according to her. Man, That princess is vicious, man. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Stephen Kelly as the uh, I don't know if he's a samurai though, cause I know he he looks he's like, like a, a samurai. mage. He, lo- he, lo- he's he like looks a, like a he's like a mage. Yeah, he's a mage. He look he look. I know he looks like a samurai, but he's a mage. Cause I remember they tried they act- they actually tried to make this transport spell work, and usually mm-hmm. the princess is a uh, good aura, and. <laughs> Not realizing that her crowd was like our decision sorcerer all of a sudden.
3: Okay, then he's a
0: Fire Emblem unit. Yes. And there goes that bird over my head. Anyway, yes, yeah, DK did good for what little he had to speak because you don't get to see show as much. And Manny Grant. Hey, Manny Grant, how you doing? It's a good thing you're also the uh, Sand Dragon. Yeah, so, uh, there's that. Uh, now on to the queen herself. <laughs> I really, because for, let's be honest, for the most part, you see the queen as the narrator. It's making all these, making all these comments, build doing this world building stuff. I like how some of the comments are a little stocky, especially when the princess achieves her quests. Sorry, like, that murder with purpose was what still gets me, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's only like the last couple of episodes you really see her in person. Then you find out the two kind of share a brain cell. Boy, do they, as well as a pair of eyeballs. But, Cersei, uh... how do you not recognize your own child? <laughs>
3: she, she's royalty. She, she does what needs to be done. Also, I'm pretty sure she... I think she knew. She's also just kind of like, you know what? My girl's doing okay. Yeah, yeah, she kind of knew. You You go... You go... You're okay, honey. Save the world by fucking a demon, sweetie. Jesus
0: Christ, Andrew. (laughs) Send pics. Anyway, yeah, she knew... Like, you could tell by the end that she knew because she says, have fun. Also... Uh, in regards to a uh, earlier, damn, she really does look like the princess because he has hearts in her eyes, and the queen has stars in the eyes.
5: <laughs>
0: Holy shit! Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm, what's up? I'm sorry. I,
3: I'm, I'm just imagining. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining. The queen sending Saya letters while she's in the demon castle, and I'm just imagining her just like trying really hard to be friendly, but also trying, re- trying and failing really hard to hide her thirst, my dear Saya. Quick question about that cutie: is he a shower or a grower? Oh my no
5: god, it is
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, I, <gasps> I was searching on Discord for something for a later section, and I, I'm not going to say the name, but I see why you got that name you did. Anyways. Uh, anyways, that's what's up. That's what happened. Anyway, much unlike the queen, I'm tapped out. So. All right.
3: Uh, jet.
2: Uh, sure. Uh I can be really quick with uh Stephen Kelly's P show. Uh he's added uh he's added five for the most part. I can't really think of anything I complain about, but the character also just kinda of faded into the background to me because, you know. uh he doesn't uh, you know, he doesn't show up a whole lot that he's just kind of there offering support for the hero, like he does. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, like, uh, like, he does fine, but, like, the character himself wasn't, like, particularly memorable memorable to me, so, uh, that's that. yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Nicholas Andrew Louis as uh, Daughter of the Hero, uh, i obviously not really familiar with him at all, so uh, that's kind of my first impression of him. And I got uh, I got a little bit starting out. Uh, I thought he was probably the tickiest performer in this dub, starting mm-hmm. out. Like, they're, like, I said, like, like, I like, I didn't think he sounded, like, particularly bad or anything, but there were definitely, like, a couple of line reads that sounded, like, maybe a little, uh, maybe a little shaky every now and then. I
0: think that was the intent with the character, because, you know, he's supposed to be the hero, so I was brave and stalked that
2: thing. Yeah, I do get, like, the obvious joke with that, like, him, like, screaming all his lines and whatnot was, like, supposed to be the joke, so... Uh, so with that respect, yeah, so that respect I don't have a, so that was gonna I don't have like any complaints about like the style of the performances. There were it just there were a couple of libraries that were like, yeah, I thought that could have like maybe been done a little better. Yeah, I could see that. Is that like, oh, so, uh but yeah. Is it but yeah, he did a but other than that I thought he did a pretty solid job with the character, I mean I mean the character is obviously supposed to be Latin obnoxious, so there's I mean to like there's only so much you can, like, accurately critique here, but i did a really good job of, like, making that work. And so, and, and, so, and, well, and, well, I definitely didn't want to, like, put the character into the side as much as, like, uh, the other characters did. Uh, he, <laughs> I definitely didn't find myself getting over the character every now and then, so, uh, in that respect, I, did a really good job there. He's
3: very lame. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's a, he is extremely lame.
2: And then uh, Elizabeth Maxwell as the queen, as the queen was pretty fun. We didn't get a whole lot of time with that character, but I thought, as, as, yeah, I thought yeah, did a pretty, I thought she did a pretty good job with her. I appreciated the joke where she couldn't recognize I for some reason. That was pretty funny. But I said, yeah, but, yeah, but then it turned out that she knew. it was just like okay with it, which was kind of sweet. And uh, I also liked Elizabeth as a narrator. She was pretty fun. Uh, uh definitely uh, definitely uh, interesting to see some of the narration they went for here because uh, the, uh because the japanese version pretty much uh, you know played the narration straight more or less and all the like good jobs at the as i during all the quest completions were pretty much done entirely straight in japanese so uh, so the not playing fast and loose could kind have of, like as, as i mean i mean it's not like kind of i mean i don't really want to go for any like negative comparisons, but I guess it. I guess it's very easy to imagine a scenario where that could have gotten really obnoxious, and you could have gotten, like, the same reaction people had to uh, Ian Sinclair's narration in uh, The Cocky Osama Dumb. Oh, so, I, um, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah, but definitely that, ha- that didn't happen, and it worked, like, just well enough that it didn't feel like super true, super anything, and it also helped that a lot of the and, so, and then a lot of the jokes they used actually were pretty funny, so that definitely helped a lot.
3: Yeah, I feel like playing that bit so straight when it's, like, uh, throughout the entire show seems very missed opportunity.
2: Yeah, I could get it. Playing that too straight would have been boring, so, like, having... Yeah, so they, yeah, they had just enough fun with that that it worked really well.
3: Yeah, okay, yeah, I I agree.
2: Um, okay. Yeah, I that's all I have to say.
3: Cool, thank you. Uh, Megan...
4: Uh, I don't have much to say about, uh, Stephen Kelly's character, unfortunately. Um, he sounded kind of gruff and, uh, sorry, I, 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 can't honestly say I, I particularly paid attention to his performance. Uh, I have to agree with, uh, Jet that Nicholas as Donner was kind of, was really rough in the beginning. He was easily my least favorite performance in the beginning of the show. Um, I felt that his stuff wasn't up to snuff like the demon castle acting was. Um, and honestly, I I think, as is the point of the show, Donner is just a really annoying character. And he's kind of a snotty little asshole. He's, he's kind of an unknowing asshole. Um, and I love the fact that they use Silas's... The demons take Silas's just displeasure of him as a person... As, as if he is really abusing her, and they're all like, no, that's what really gets them on
3: board of taking care of her. Because until then, they were like, okay, we'll we'll whittle him a little. We'll do the back and forth. And then they're just like, oh, we're gonna kill this guy.
4: Yeah, no. <laughs> we're gonna fucking kill this dude. This is our kid now. <laughs> She's one of us now. Fuck off. Um, and then, I actually really liked Elizabeth as the narrator. Uh, I am definitely on the same page as Andrew that having her play it as a very straight-faced thing, a straight thing would have not really been is a missed opportunity, in that they fudged around with it a little here. Especially with a
0: voice like hers.
4: Yeah, was as much as it would have been, like, kind of nice to have it, having her get to, like, kind of goof it up a bit was great because it felt very much like the queen herself was doing it as, like, this knowing third party. And, like, I feel like she kind of let Silas get kidnapped. Uh because she wants to end the stuff with the demons but she she knows she can't do it and i really love how she she gives them the good job sweetie have fun type of thing and also be shout out to the guy who plays evening star
0: oh uh,
3: I, I believe that was edward Bosco. oh yeah yeah oh,
0: wow. yes yeah, wait right.
3: yeah
4: uh i i legitimately thought the scenes where the uh the pr- I keep wanting to call her Silas. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I pr-
3: forgot to The mention. princess,
4: the princess, uh, the princess, the cleric, and Twilight are all in the night suit, and she's just fucking dying inside but as he- he's telling embarrassing stories about
3: her. Which, that whole scene was adorable. Like, a kid say, like... Like, oh, that darn little kid. She <laughs> wanted to be a magical girl, and asked and then she just doesn't
4: want. And then it's like, ha ha, she's got a short tongue and gave her a compliment. <laughs> but no, I overall, I think Elizabeth was again the standout of the section. Oh,
2: definitely. So. Yeah, also was I appreciated the I appreciated the parts on during that whole thing with the embarrassing scene, which is just like at the end, just like goes back to her bed and pretends to sleep and tries to pretend that that ever happened.
4: none of this happened. Good night. Good day. Go I home. S- Fuck
3: this. I see.
2: Fuck I the see nothing. I hear
3: nothing. This is not happening. Oh. Oh.
4: Oh. Okay. Good smile. Thanks.
3: Uh, um. Also, what fucking soap opera was she watching? Where it's the 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 lady in that. My is question like-
4: is, where did they get the soap opera?
3: It was her mom's. I can definitely believe that.
4: <laughs> Just okay.
3: I'm now head that the queen is secretly a super freak. That's down. That's down <laughs> to pound the demons.
4: Super freak, super freak, super freak. Anyway, I'm done.
3: Alright, so yeah, uh, is fun, Stephen Kelly's a very talented actor, I'm glad he's popped up in as many uh, sound cadence things as he has. He does a good job here, I just wanted to mention him, cause he's fun. Uh, I'll start off with Elizabeth Maxwell, who is a ton of fun, she's a very sweet lady, she's a very sweet, soft voice that she offers, but kinda like a chaotic, like a chaotic, sweet voice too. She has a lot of fun with the quips things. Murder with a Purpose is a good one. Um, God, yeah. She, she has a lot of fun little quest complete things that she offers. And it's a ton of fun. And of course, I love when she finally gets to reunite with Saya. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> While QB's just shitting her pants. And she's like, ah, my baby girl's home.
4: QB's like, I did not sign up for this shit.
3: Uh, and I also just love that her last line is, man... That Demon King's quite the cutie. Yeah! So si- How? I don't know if that's her being like, I'm proud my daughter picked up a cute one, or she's like,
4: Sweetie, if you don't
0: make a move, I will. Ooh, boy.
4: Mm, it smells like NTR.
0: Oh, good God.
3: Which, like, Twilight is such a pure vanilla boy
4: my little auntie my little <laughs> auntie oh <laughs> was, uh, my uh, little auntie
2: uh, <laughs> <are>. <laughs> yeah I, yeah Twilight doesn't strike me as any type be equipped to uh deal with mills but
3: see, see megan you joke <laughs> but i was thinking like her writing letters i cuck-
4: wonder i wonder what cucking my daughter would be My little NTR, I'm going to have so much fun with Twilight, you see, pegging him, lots of fun. Are we done talking about Queen
0: Milf already? Jesus Christ.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write lyrics to this song by the
3: end of this episode. I believe you and I am deathly afraid. Elizabeth Maxwell is a ton of fun as the queen. And I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually give a shout out to Nicholas as daughter. Cause I honestly think he he is a little rough at the start. He really grows into it as this basically lame, lame dweeb of a person. If I was to describe him, it's like He's like, uh, he's like an RPG hero that's trying to be, like, a wannabe whiny Ash Ketchum. In that he's trying to be a cool guy, but he's so fucking lame at being a cool guy. But, like, he's so... He's selling, like, the heroic bravado. Despite the fact that everybody around him is like, Dude, you are so fucking bad at this. <laughs> but I, my favorite scene with him is... Uh, when he accidentally invades the princess's dream, and yeah. he just starts dropping a bunch of unabashed video game references where he's like, ha! princess, woohoo, it's me.
4: And then, of course, it's me, your voice tonight, man, Chris
0: Barrett. Oh, no, 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 no,
3: you know, This is exactly what I signed up for. I'm not going to be like, this is what I signed up for. No, this is... The, I knew what I was going in for, and I'm still glad I did, did it. Also, I love the, uh, of course, the obvious, get over here, he yes! but No, he, he's got a lot of video game references where he's like, "Go, we will go right, which is the right way. Left is right. Sp- speaking of... Uh, he's got such that dork... He's got a, such a fucking dweeb confidence... That he thinks he's cool, but he's actually fucking lame. And I think Nicholas really brings that that like chaotic dweeb energy to him. But yeah, no, I adore the the dream sequence where he's just harassing her and she's just running away for dear life. And I think Nicholas absolutely kills that scene. And he he's actually pretty fun, and he really grows into it as the show goes along. And yeah. So, that those were the humans, and we are now done talking about them smelly humans. Let's talk about them cool demons, like the Big Ten, despite us only seeing, like, six of them. Anyways, let's talk about a couple of them. Let's talk about uh, Neo Alaroon, Fire Venom Dragon, and Poseidon. Neo Alaroon is a plant lady. Fire Venom Dragon is a Fire Venom Dragon. Keep up. And Poseidon is Poseidon.
2: He's a fish guy.
3: <laughs> he's a freaky fish guy. Who, he's, a, he's a blue twink. He's
0: also Hades' younger brother.
3: Oh, yeah. that That is true, yeah. Okay, no, he's not a twink. He's a short stack. He, he's pretty jacked. He's like he's like Asta size.
2: To which I wonder, uh, if all the Olympic gods are referenced in this series, does that mean Zeus exists? Oh. Yes. As to which I'm like, man, I went out hoarding this interpretation of Zeus's. <laughs> All
4: right, I've done it. Oh. I've done it. Oh,
0: good God.
4: <laughs> Are you ready?
3: What? Oh God, Oh god! she's doing it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Hit me, Ben. <laughs> do you want me to do it now, or do you want me to do it at the end? The,
2: it. I'll say I'll say i I say it for the end.
3: That should be a closer. So, Yeah. Let's talk about some demons. Alright. So playing Neo Alaroon is Michelle Knott, who has played such characters as Athena Glory in Aria the Animation, Sinai Shikigami in Ladies vs. <laughs> Butlers, Karina in One Piece Film Gold, and Jesse among others in the a lot of the current Pokemon dubs. Uh, Fire Venom Dragon is Jason Marnocha, who has played the Demon King in The Seven Deadly Sins. Gima in Dragon Quest Your Story, Headmaster Helvis in Hells, and of course, Megatron in Transformers War for Cybertron Siege That Counts. And Poseidon is one Kevin Thelwell, who has played such characters as Tate Percival in Moriarty the Patriot, Kakiru Kishi in Kakushi Goto, Onima, a.k.a. one of Endeavor's sidekicks in My Hero Academia, and Mio in Megalobox 2 Nomad.
2: Uh,
3: Jed, you want to start us off?
2: Uh, Sure. Uh, Kevin, that well as beside him, was uh, pretty solid. So, and, and, admittedly, he was just kind of like the straight man of the Big Ten, so he didn't like, stand out as much, but he... The, uh, so, uh, but I thought it was a lot of fun uh, kind of like playing, o- playing off a lot of the wacky personalities and uh, so, uh, and Kevin did a pretty good job of making him sound like the most level-headed and reasonable out of the sponge. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Jason Mardosha as Fire Venom Dragon was a lot of fun. It's definitely the it's a, it's, a, it's definitely the uh, deeper end of Jason's register and it sounds pretty close with Megatron voice which is a lot of fun. As, I, as I, in, in general, I appreciate how this character sounds very big and gruff, but just kind of like, if not specifically getting dunked on, I guess just kind of like, gets screwed over the most by a sheer accident. So, it's it's that whole bit where he was like fighting the hero, and then like, all this stuff just all this stuff keeps happening to him in, during the middle the, of the fight.
3: The fucking demon princess doll, Yeah. just. <laughs> fucking <killed me. laughs>
2: ow like he had all this stuff prepared for the fight and like everyone apparently did something to all his equipment
3: I have been thwarted by this silly it has been replaced by this silly strange contraption
4: he's also the guy who got to say free (laughs) shivakadu oh oh show
2: yeah 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 so, yeah, so it's a little episode It was pretty fun just like uh, The sprints to me And we're just trying to be like Oh, yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's definitely her Definitely just her
3: They're all trying to blame her
0: When they're killing you Oh, my shit. God <laughs> can, we, can we talk about like Because I know the other two In the next section Two of them switched out items Forgot to switch it back One doesn't know genres of books And the other one was like "Uh, Would this blow up in his face? Yeah, fuck it yeah.
4: One of well, those is like, hmm, yes, this is fine.
0: Yeah, and then
2: uh, lastly, Michelle Dodds is Neo Alaroon. uh I mean, it's basically just Jesse, which is like, there's nothing wrong with that, but like, I hear the character and I can't, like, hear Jesse from Pokemon because I just watch too much Pokemon, so.
3: It's basically Jesse <laughs> playing Poison Ivy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, yeah
2: but I like the character she, uh, she sounds very like if not nice and sweet like she's, like she's trying her best to sound like the most she's trying her best to sound like the most level-headed one and like oh you guys are being too hearts to the princess and and the rest of us is being like you have no idea it's, it's just, it's just interesting in where she's just like watching her brother get bur- murdered by the princess and trying her best to be like open-minded about it and I appreciate, I like that joke, I appreciate it's like the parts of the end where she just like walks up to the princess and someone's like, oh, you are a human aren't you? Aren't you? What? <laughs> uh. And then she's like, and then like her just and then like everything after that works, he tries her best to be like the mob of the creepy but that's like obviously the clerk. But she tries her best to be the mob and it's kind of like inadvertently, inadvertently causes more trouble which is always pretty funny. And Michelle's delivery is like really top notch. So
3: see, see, if I was to describe it,
2: Nia- Alaroon
3: has the milf energy, while the reality is cl- the cleric has the actual mom energy.
2: Basically, uh, basically, yeah. Uh, a lot of Michelle's delivery are really funny, which is again not surprising, because obviously, Jensen be from Pokemon. So of course he's good at that. But, the, uh, but, the, uh, but yeah, uh definitely liked all three of these a lot.
3: Okay, Megan.
4: Okay, so I t- totally did not put put together that that was Jessie from Pokemon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <it> happens.
4: <laughs> I didn't know that. So I was like, "Oh, she sounds so cute and kind of motherly. And I love the part where she's just like, It's fine, she's not doing anything wrong and she's clearly traumatized. And like, the slow levels of Michelle not sounding as she's dying inside. As she's watching her family be murdered. And I think my favorite part is, well, as long as she's using the whole thing, it's (laughs) fine. Kicks the other one away.
0: (laughs) Internally screaming. I I
3: also think, I also feel like she has the single best what happened? Okay. In the entire fucking yeah.
4: show. The What Happened Award. The Matt McMuscles Award for What Happened. Um,
3: that goes to Michelle Knott.
4: Picture of Matt McMuscles here. Um, can we commission him to do the disclaimer uh, No. I wish. Um, no. So I I thought she was a ton of fun. I, I Again, because I had no idea that she plays Jesse. That was not in my mind, and I just enjoyed her very like sweet but yet kind of evil demon plant lady voice. And I thought that she was kind of like the most like kind of gentle person. Was she one of the people who fucked with the bags? Yeah.
3: Yes. Yes, yeah, she was the one that She re- put the
4: avocados. Yeah, yeah. She put she she created the free Shivakado. Um she
3: very much did. <laughs>
4: And then uh, let's go to Jason Marnoka as Fire Dragon. Again, didn't know that was him. Uh, I liked how he was kind of the gruff but straight man. And I just love when, when he was just like, this all went wrong. And he's just like dealing with this shit. And he's just like, I'm so tired of you fucking people. And I love when they're like, dude, you're trying to give him a going away party. And yeah. she keeps rooting it.
0: They,
3: they just I, don't shoo her out of meetings.
4: Like when she has the Vuvuzela. Oh,
0: God, the Vuvuzela.
4: <laughs> I thought something was wrong with my television.
3: Dude, I, I, I thought something was wrong, too. And then I realized, oh, that's actually a universe. I
0: completely blocked that sound out of my head. I was like...
3: Oh. After,
4: after that one World Cup, we've all become immune to Vuvuzelas. How um, long
3: ago
0: was that?
4: Eleven years. Uh, what?
3: Fuck you!
0: No, it wasn't. No, 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 Hold no. On. other one was seven years ago. Actually, I believe that, me. No, I know. Fuck
4: you! It was the world. It was the 2010 World Cup. Oh, what? Jesus oh,
1: fucking <laughs> Christ! What the? What the fuck is time?
0: I hate yeah. This.
3: Hold
1: on. I'm putting.
4: No, I believe... if, you, if you would like to... if you would like to relive ten years ago.
3: No no <laughs> bitch don't you do it okay you just posted a youtube video okay
4: yeah anyway so uh i really like jason's kind of like more straight man kevin kevin as poseidon was great because he was kind of the more like adorable ish type of voice he sounded very much like a teenage anime protagonist which is what poseidon looks like i love the part where they're like she he broke her he, she broke his ankles <laughs> um, and it's like, what did you do? That was a great move. And he's just like, oh my god, he's
3: just so flustered. I'm like, oh baby. Uh, yeah, it's
4: just like, <laughs> you know what else? You know what else is kind of flustering, Andrew?
3: What? Oh, Fuck you!
5: <laughs> Fuck!
1: How dare! How dare!
3: How dare! Okay.
0: Okay. 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 <laughs> I, I. I. I.
3: How dare you do this on the day of my sleepy daughter's podcast?
0: I should apologize for. What.
4: That's like not even. That's not even the curse thing that I'm doing. You don't have to apologize for saying "fuck you" to me. Um. No,
0: fair, but-
4: overall. Overall, I really like these guys. These guys were really good, solid secondary cast.
3: Okay. So
4: I'm done, and I promise I will not play movie Zelda sounds again.
3: Thank you, Jamal. Argentina versus
0: Columbia. Fuck me, man.
3: Having some sports flashbacks?
0: You ever try to work a kitchen with your boss solo at the bar and the standing room only? Ooh. That's not happened once but twice. Anyway, that's not the point we're trying to talk about here. Uh, Let's start with Kevin, this Poseidon. You're right, he used to straight bad to the Big Ten. But that's because, like, he, he kind of wises up to everybody's ethics, like, especially with the, uh, I think episode 7 or 8, where the dragon goes off to fight the hero, and you and you find out that, like, the part of the Big tent that's, like, made all these screw-ups that caused him to lose his battle, and you're, like, yeah, he realizes something's up, but he doesn't quite know what it is yet. And then, of course, there's also, like, moments where he kind of lets his guard down, like, the you, that that was a very nice move. Like, I'm like, wait. So she said something nice to you, and you just get weaker than these. <laughs> Unbelievable, but he did very well. It kind of reminded me of his Kakaru Kakashi go I I can hear it. Yeah. Come to think of it, wasn't kakaru also the straight man in his group?
3: Cockerill was the young newbie that was doing his best and didn't quite know the exact filters to use around the boss yet.
0: Yeah, I guess, so, yes. yeah, I guess something like that. Uh, Michelle Watts is Neil uh Yeah, it's basically Jesse voicing Poison Ivy. And I like how like sometimes she puts on a straight face, even in like the toughest of situations, such as the massacre of her brother. Uh, let's see, uh, every time she's sympathetic to the princess. There was one time she did open her eyes, and you know like shit got real. <laughs> oh yeah, that was when they were, the, the, everybody was trying to ignore the princess, or they were trying to treat us, the princess she should be. And she's like, you think ignoring her would do the trick? But what really got me, of course, again, the big battle... When she uh, <laughs> switched out the grenades for Fakaduze and she just blames the princess. And she's like, Oh, faux show. Sure. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on. She said faux sure? <laughs> show? That was something I did not expect, because Yeah, screw it, that probably would be something I'd expect. And uh Jason Bardoche the fire of dragon. You you say uh wait, who do you play in Cybertron? Uh,
3: Megatron. Megatron. Like, he, he has been several canon voices
0: for Megatron in the past couple of years. Okay, you say Megatron, I think that is Power Ranger for the of the week. Or Void Knight if you watch watching Dino Fury. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, who in I'm behind Fury?
4: On Vi- I'm so fucking behind on
0: the new Power Ranger season. The, uh, uh, Void Knight. He's the main bad guy, so.
4: Yeah, I know. I've watched the first half. I haven't watched
0: the second half. Oh, I, I was asking because I didn't know. Okay. I, I, is it Dino Fury? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah it's just- is that, is that kind of felt The kind of reminded me. I'm like, oh, man. This battle's about to get interesting. And then, you get, then he gets screwed over. He has to come back. And he vents to his co workers. And then the co workers realize all oh, the antics caused him this trouble. <laughs> and the fact that he. <laughs> Watch the take you out of the princess. I have words for her. Mean words. Mean ones. That <laughs> would, That was just... Tweet. That just sweet. <laughs> I fucking line killed me. Oh, you could sense he was going for that type of vibe, to be honest, but... And that that was... That's one of the things I like about Jason Mardolcha. That's like... That's one of the reasons I gave him a W for his performance in Hell is because he knows how to channel that kind of vibe for... For either the, era, the type of show that it is, so he's dude's just dude's just a good actor, yeah, very good.
2: Yeah.
0: And I can't wait to see more of his stuff. That's all I have to say. Alrighty. So I
3: will also start with uh, Kevin, as Poseidon. He's a very good boy doing his best. And oh wait, hang on. Before I continue, I just thought of something. What? Why are they called the Big Ten when they're more like the Sinister Six? Fuck counting. Yeah. Oh no, I dropped my phone. Anyways, um, I like Kevin a lot as uh, Poseidon. I think he's got a very good, cool as a cucumber tone of voice. He is very much the-, the less crazy member of the group. He also seems to be the, the one to observe some of the most absurd things going on. Like, he, w- he didn't do anything to fuck with Venom Dragon. He's the one that knows everybody's sweating bullets right now. hmm And he's just like, y- y'all y'all good? Y'all fine? And then, of course, I love when he gets flustered by the princess. And then one of my other favorite moments, underrated moments is, is when, when they go to the human world, they're like, okay, so... I know I can't go to the human world because I would stand out with all my blue skin and stuff, but, like...
4: Why does he get to go? He's
3: a fucking dog. How is he gonna blend? And he, he, he's like the voice of reason among a bunch of crazy people. And, and I think Kevin captures that very well and he's a ton of fun. Uh, Michelle Knotts. Michelle Knotts is sweet, kind of sexy, but very motherly as well. And I love how she has this very, like, chaotic relationship with Saya before just becoming, like, big mom friend. (laughs) And it is just a ton of fun seeing her interact and just adopt this child. Just being like, I've only had Saya for a day and a half, but if anything happened to her, I'd kill her and then myself. I'd kill everybody in this room and then myself, yeah. Just a powerful energy. But no, uh, Michelle's got a very fun voice. Uh, It works really, really well for Alarune. Uh, I think she's a really perfect fit for the character. And Jason Marnocha. I'm just going to say it. He has the single most perfect yeet in the entirety of Sleepy Princess. The single perfect yeet was uttered by Jason Marnocha. And it fucking kills me every time he does it. Because it's this very dramatic battle, and he just kind of gives up with the fucking stupid avocado. And he's just like, yeet! And it (laughs) fucking cracks me up. Anime directors never underestimate the power of one good yeet. It's kind of like a dub with one good fuck. One good yeet, if you place it right, if you use it right... It can fucking kill your audience dead with laughter and send their sides to orbit. Anyways, Jason Mardoch is fucking good. He's very strong, very commanding, intimidating, but also very angry, defeatist when he's getting fucked with by the hero and his comrades. And just, yeah, just the mean wor- the mean words comment. But also, he... he- I love when they're when they're scolding her. It's like no cream soda for a week. It's like, what the fuck? No wait, it's no soft drinks for a week. What the fuck? Is she a is she a fucking timeout? What's wrong with this bullshit? Ah, uh, but no. Jason Marnocha is a ton of fun. Jason, Michelle, and Kevin are a very, very great trio. But The real big three of this show.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy.
3: Let's talk about them. Some of the best characters in the show featuring no other than Twilight the Demon King, the Demon Cleric, who I learned his name is Leonard, by the way, and the Great Red Siberian.
4: Wait, the demon cleric's name is Leonard? His, the demon,
3: his name's Leonard. The fuck? Damn, bitch. I learned that recently. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Hi, Leonard. Uh, so, the demon cleric is just, he's the, he's your get-out-of-death-free card. And he's a good boy who's (laughs) doing his
0: best. I'm sorry, get-out-of-death-free? You... Do you, you have seen how many times the princess has died in this show, right? She's still undi- she still undies. Mm.
3: So I think it still counts. And then there's the great red Siberian who is loves the rules, loves the Demon King, and is just a big furry boy and he's adorable. Also, there's a picture with Twilight, which has him and like a younger Siberian. So I think he's always been his.
0: Uh, you you good, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: You sure?
0: Yes, I was doing a bit. Yeah. Please knock it off. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah. You kind of sounded like you were in heat there, bud.
4: Uh, Andrew, shut up.
0: Moving on.
5: <laughs>
2: ah. And then That's there's. One... I don't to the dog. <laughs> fine, <laughs> fine.
3: I'll throw biscuits at you later, Jamal.
2: <laughs>
3: Have a biscuit! Anyways, Twilight the Demon King is the Demon King. He's a stupid, kind. God, he's actually a himbo. God, Twilight the Demon King is is actually a himbo. Anyways, uh, playing these characters, um, the Great Red Siberian is played by one J. Michael Tatum, who has played such characters as Isaac Deanne in Baccano, Rintaro Okabe in Steins Gate, Lord Gel in Space Dandy, and Tenya Ida from My Hero Academia. Uh, Leonard the Cleric is played by Mike Haimoto, who has played such characters as Akane Kashiwazaki from Run with the Wind, Karu Ijuin from Tada Never Falls in Love, Tada Banri from Golden Time, and Thorfinn from the Sentai dub of Vinland Saga. And Twilight is played by one Alejandro Saab, who has played characters such as Teranori Kuga from Food Wars, Jinichi Hashiba from My First Girlfriend is a Gal, Uno from Nanbaka, and Tomotsu Denkigai from Akiba's Trip the Animation. Jamal, since you were huffing and puffing, would you like to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll blow your house down when I'm at it. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's start with uh, Tatum. Uh, let's be honest, when we were all thinking who was going to play uh, the Great Red Siberian, everybody thought it was Tatum. And, nobody surprised so it was Tatum well what makes this Tatum performance kind of different is because of course Red Siberian is the dog so <laughs> you kind of have to see Tatum go above and beyond his uh, usual antics especially when he's more straight a little more straight laced of the Big Ten being the uh, the rules uh, compl- being the compliant guy he is but also having to hear him make dark noises too, like, especially when, uh, he goes into the human world and he's, he's badly disguised as a ghost, and, uh, you're just like, Jesus Christ. So when you see him, like, just, like, chewing on food or something like that, you just see him huffing and the it's like, it's pretty kind of cool. Especially in the last episode where uh, Twilight, the Demon King, uh, uh accompanies the princess to get a special pair of uh, underwear for the Christmas. You just making sounds that I normally hear my dog go whenever my dad just he's he even steps outside like ten feet away or something. It's like Jesus Christ, like I know you miss it, but he's not gone for long, like but I get it. So
1: He doesn't know his sense of time he could be gone for an hour, or he can be gone for a millennia. He doesn't know when his master is going to be back, and he misses
0: It's him. It's more distance <laughs> than time, to be honest, but I'm just speaking from a dog or perspective, so... I'm speaking from a dog and cat over his perspective. The
3: pandemic has given them all separation anxiety like a fucking
0: god. My god. Oh, uh, no, mine still buy, buy, uh, it gets out gets me for food, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. They're cute enough to warrant it. it's true. <laughs> Speaking of 2010. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to save the DBK for last. Mike Haimoto as the DB cleric. Very soothing, very comic voice. Also, hi, Mike Haimoto, we meet again. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to hear but bit of motivation dub like this, but when I saw you cast, I was like, yeah, that definitely fits. You know, I, I didn't know, I'm not aware of his comedic chops as much other than Tada never falls in love, also, he plays a character named Tada Gold at the time, so. Uh, anyway. Eric as a Leonard. Leonard kind of gets... Used to debut from time to time. I still remember the when the princess what uses his horse to just grind down the edges of the coffin. I was like, damn, that man. That is not what they mean by getting railed. But okay. Anyway, <laughs>
3: he wasn't getting railed. He was getting edged. There's a difference.
0: Yeah. Speaking of edge, uh, the whole thing with this show is like, I think after like after episode six or so, it starts making like kind of those with a misconstru-, misconstru- misconstru- misconstruction uh... yeah, yeah, let's go with that, misconstruction like, the moment with the princess's pressure points when she approaches him to uh, essentially give him to do acupuncture and he's just like, sitting there with a deadster oh, <laughs> oh man it's amazing the things Mike has to deal with with his character, especially when uh, he approaches Twilight uh, about some paperwork, and he catches him with the princess because the princess wants to know more about pajama parties. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was like the standout moment for him because he had to lose it. It's like uh, Twilight's like, "Wait, this is that what you think? Watch what you think?" And Mike has had so, enough of his bullshit, man.
3: Like <laughs> God. Oh, okay, sorry, I have to say, my favorite line delivery from Mike is like, The princess? And the demon king? This can't be! I'ma put a stop to this. <laughs> <laughs> I... That
0: fucking delivery kills me. <sighs> and then he, yeah, he just fucking screams bloody murder at him. Oh, I guess that's your boss, but even he knows he shouldn't cross that line, but... Oh, my God. I think that was probably, like, one of my biggest highlights for him. And then uh, we get to the Demon King himself, which it's Alejandro Sapi and Alejandro song. Like, he can take this any direction he wants to. It kind of reminds, in some ways, I guess, it kind of reminds me a little bit, like, Carter from Fresh Prince. Like, he has that kind of vibe to him. Like, you know, he's just trying to be uppity and, like, do whatever, do what needs to be done, but in real life, it's like, he's kind of powerless within his own construct, I guess, and like, especially when he's trying to talk to the princess, his the princess just sleep. it's like, you know what, let's leave her beef right now, that kind of thing, that kind of vibe,
5: mm-hmm.
0: but I think one of my favorite things is like, how he kind of gets abused from time to time, like, whenever some mischief happen with, happens with the princess, and he goes about the hill, he's like, wait, what happened? Like with the whole shield, the windshield thing. And uh, she just pretty much trashed that whole thing. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, oh! When uh, she was trying to build a water bed, <laughs> everybody from the Big Ten or the Sister Six or whatever you want to call it, went to help. Uh, to- Willingly or unwillingly? Yes. Yeah, unwillingly, to which he's the only one that's tied up and is used to plug a hold of watermaid. And he's like <laughs> It's still in there. He's like You just going to leave me in here? <laughs> but yeah, for every attic that the Demon King encounters, Alejandro knows how to play that very well I mean, he's literally goofing while he's snoozing, you know? Oh, the- oh yes. Oh, I just remembered something. Because of the way the script kind of lent itself, I thought that maybe it was just a production error, some kind of oversight, but I think it was intended. At one point, he says, "Daddy" In the dub? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, that's that not an oversight. No, here's, wha- that here's why. That
3: is 110%. I that is 120
0: f- fucking percent. Let f- I guarantee let, me finish, Andrew, let me finish, Andrew. Let me finish sorry sorry that's going hand in hand with the princess because I couldn't tell if that was an oversight and then I heard Alejandro say Nani I was like yeah that's definitely intentional but then I realized I do not recall him ever saying Nani before and I this is the second time I watched the show
3: I'm gonna be honest like that absolutely seems like something Alejandro would suggest being like what if I just said Nani and then they're like yeah fucking sure why not it worked! It fucking worked! You got a crack out of me.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess taking a page from Noah's book, that's something that kind of credence to this dub. Anyway, Ed Book, uh. I did very well. I'm all tapped out for words, but I think everybody did a very good job here. And that's all I got to say.
3: Okie dokie. Uh, Jet.
0: Uh, sure. Uh,
2: I'll segment. Also, in my Kaimoto as a clerk, I really liked his performance. He gave, as I like to say before, he gave very good mob energy to the performance. He definitely did a good job of making the clerk sound like easily the most level headed one in the entire cast. definitely like the smartest guy in the room, which, uh, which, certainly isn't, which certainly isn't saying much with a lot of these characters, but he was definitely got anyone the one holding everything together.
3: He's the and only right. one who pieced together who d what's it was.
2: Yeah, immediately.
3: Do the whole time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it as soon as he figured out. It's like oh, as soon as he figured out, I was like oh, he he's like goes up to the fire. He like goes to the fire venom dragon. He's like oh, like make sure you really kill the hero this time. <laughs> uh. Because uh, he
4: totally has a thing for the princess.
2: He he, uh, uh, or if not a thing, he at least very protective of the princess. Like, don't you? like no, don't you hurt my kid.
4: <laughs> no, actually, they said that they toned him down a lot from the manga.
5: Wait, what?
4: what? Yeah, in the manga, he's like a little bit more of
2: a stalker to her.
3: What oh. the fuck? Really?
2: Huh. Uh-huh. This. I did not get that vibe at all. This much. is, that nice is very... to
3: be I did not get that vibe at all. What, wow. what the fuck? I, I, that's a good change. If that's where it was, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I Wow, wild.
2: Huh. Uh good on Doga for making good changes. Doga- yeah, that, that's
5: a
0: that was a <laughs> good call. Doga be coping, man. Um, right. uh, uh,
2: so, yeah, but yeah, but, yeah, I definitely uh, like. Mike's, uh, the uh, liberty that and then, yeah, in general he just does a really good job playing off the other characters and like Jamal was saying uh, definitely did a really good job during that scene uh, so, uh, where, twi- uh, where Twilight's with Saya si- with si- uh, like on the bed and he thinks they're like doing the thing and then the clerk just flips out
3: or or as Twilight would say doing the do
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, so Mike's delivery there with Fry Swiss and it was really funny and then uh, J. Michael Tatum as uh, Great Siberian, uh, I mean okay, I mean, it's J. Michael Tatum playing in a sort character with glasses this is pretty much him in his wheelhouse and like, a lot of it is kind of you know the very typical like this is a very snobby J. Michael Tatum character and he's always very good at that sort of thing and does a great job of making Great Siberian sound very prim and proper but also just high strung enough to be really funny but no the thing that really really makes the performance work is all the dog noises he has to do yep yes <laughs> it's it's because, so good yeah because like because like i mean that wasn't like non-existent in the japanese version that is definitely like a touch the to dub really lead into and it. it just makes the performance a lot funnier this There's just so many points where he's just making, like, actual dog noises, and i was rolling.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like.
2: Uh, that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, but I definitely just appreciate how much the character kind of evolves from, like, in the beginning, it's like, oh, okay, this is, like, a very serious character who might actually be able to keep the princess in the line of nature. Like, no, no, he just... He's like, no, no, he's like, a, he because it's a protective with her and everyone else, and also, like, he can't really rate her at all that much. It, he tried! It, yeah, it's like, it's like occasionally he might get to take a couple of her toys away, but in a, but inevitably he can't really do much else.
3: I think he realized what her deal was early on when he's like, You live
2: like this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely appreciated absolutely <laughs> Silver with that line. That was priceless. And then, of course, Alejandro Saab is Twilight. He's it's it's amazing. He does a really great job of making Twilight sound like he's desperate to come off as this strong and serious authority figure, but he just gets undermined at literally every opportunity, either because like, the, either because the princess is like, busy murdering everything in sight, or or, or, or like, his minions are all like, clearly smarter than he is. <laughs> And to, and, uh, to, and, uh, and Alejandro Zilbury just, like, makes all just like makes pretty much every scene he's in great. He has some fantastic comedic timing, and he does a really good job of making the king sound high-strung, like, basically all the time, because he's, like, pretty much ever in control of any situation, and it that just makes everything a lot funnier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I definitely appreciate that he was, like, kind of able to dial back some of the funny a bit during like the bit episode 10 where he's like talking about relations between the two races and you can kind of tell through Alejandro Zoberry that the king is at least like maybe a little somber about that because like everyone else he's kind of grown attached to the princess in his own way and I thought the whole thing was really sweet but like, maybe, like in general Alejandro just gets like so many great one-liners like you know it's, uh, like you know doing the do and all that good stuff it's it's just a really it's just a really fun performance like definitely okay, okay I mean I mean it was uh, I mean I mean, I mean there's some debate as to whether it is the best performance in the time but it is real if it's not if it's not the best performance it's definitely at least number two it's It's really great
0: I know it goes head in head with the lead that's all I can say it definitely does Okay. Megan.
4: Uh, let me start with Red Siberian, who is a very good boy. And yes, he's hot. Hi, <laughs> Um. J. Michael Tatum plays him with the bravado of J. Michael Tatum done with the people shit. Um, Red Siberian is that guy who's been there for 30 years, hasn't is the second in command but clearly still isn't getting paid enough for this shit especially with the new guy running around the office he plays him well i love when they i love when they go to the the castle and he gets left behind and he's on the ground and Tatum has to do the dog whining noises it's 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 like this is master or when uh Or when they're at Line Con and he's literally in a sheet and she's pulling on his ears.
3: I I love how she's like like going to say that his costume sucks, but then he's being cute. So she just ignores it.
4: And I just love how he, he is very much the, he's the, he's like, I'm, I'm lovingly refer to them as her three gay dads. Um. And he's like the strict gay dad. It's like, bitch. T- also, be Tatum nailed his defining character introduction, which makes me Jay Michael Ta- makes me want Jay Michael Tatum to say, "Damn, bitch, you let li- me really live like this."
3: Oh my god! Oh my god! It just hit me. What? When you when you mentioned he's like the strict gay dad, it just occurred to me, Siberian is Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine Nine.
4: No, not
0: I haven't watched much now that I didn't even I understood that.
5: <laughs>
4: oh my god, somebody has to do the thing of Silas of Jake calling uh Holt's dad to Silas in Siberian now.
3: Fuck, it worked.
4: <laughs> it worked. Twilight can be uh Stephanie Beerit's character. Um No, so the thing I liked about him, though, is he's got this right level of hard ass and absolute dolt to be his, the the mom. Mike Haimodo chews the scenery as Leonard. Uh, He gets those smarmy, undermined lines with the, the right levels of, I don't know what I'm doing. Or princess, princess, princess. No, don't touch that. And I think to me, one of his best line deliveries is, I don't know, I stuck her in the I stuck her in the bag and brought her. I panicked! Yeah. <laughs> but I like how Mike plays him as like the smarmy one at times. Like, this bomb will blow him up. It'll be fine. Let's put these in there. And just he's the fun dad. He's the dad who's trying to be like stern, but he can't, and then. I can't add more than what you've already said, and then damn Alejandro steals the scene in this dub. His Twilight is hammy, his Twilight is hysterical. The Yeats, the maboys, the the false bravado. But to me, the thing that Mike, that Alejandro, one hundred percent nails, is the genuine pathos in Episode Ten. It's that when they're up at the fireworks and they're talking about how he wants peace between the worlds because they've been uh, let down, I genuinely felt for him. And for having a whole show where Twilight is genuinely depicted as this kind of outsmarted, bumbling king who gets picked on by Hades and is is not, oh, is not getting outsmarted by a tiny girl into her pajamas... Um, I thought that scene really captured why Alejandro is so well liked as a voice actor. He was able- in that episode, he was instantly able for to go from gut-bustingly funny to making you want to cry without breaking a sweat, it felt like. Um so genuinely, like props there, I think Alejandro is my favorite performance in the dub, and he's definitely, I think, I think the best performance.
3: Well said. Well said. So, I love the fact that Siberian is just... It's like...
4: He's Tanya Ida for furries. Uh,
3: yes. Well, specifically, that is exactly what it is. You're 110% correct. But I'm trying to think, it's like... He's trying to be Sebastian, but he's actually tenya Is the way I would describe it. Where... Siberian wants to be the cool, suave, strict butler. But he's actually just the giant dork in glasses who's like, follow the rules or you don't get any supper. But he's also just a giant, fucking adorable, dumb dog. Just the goodest, goodest boy. Just, it, it says a lot where it's like, he absolutely sells just the pure, kind dog energy, while also being very strict and firm. Like he's always the one being like, you, "We're going to confiscate the Teddy Demons, and we're going to co- confiscate the Teddy Demons until you put the the Rocket Turtle back together." Or the
4: Rocket Turtle being in Sinclair fucking destroyed me.
3: I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Just fucking. He's a rocket turtle! Stop lighting fire! If you take that fire and it lights his thing, he's going to blow up and blast off! Stop lighting fire! (laughs) But yeah, no, Tatum just brings off a very funny chemistry that he brings to the character, while also just adoring him with the most genuine, sweet, cute dog whimpers and whinnies, and it's just. Oh man. Tatum is delicious as this character. Just pure purely having the time of his life. Just okay. I I love great the I love Big Big. They call him Big Big as like a shorthand, and Big Big is just the goodest boy. I love this dog, and Tatum is perfect. Uh Mike Kaimoto as the Demon Cleric. Really, really interesting performance from Mike. It's especially since I've heard a lot of his like dramatic and slice of life roles of late. He does a really good job being this funny Dorky guy who is effectively the smartest guy in the room, but also just a huge dork trying his best. Just a lot of great quips and reactions he has with the big with the Big Ten and the Princess. Just all, all of his deliveries just kill me. He's very funny. And just, yeah, like, his standout is absolutely when he's freaking the fuck out at Twilight and just shooting lightning at him. <laughs> and it's just the, the anger and just the fucking, like, I'm gonna put a stop to this kills me every time. And Mike is so fucking fun. He was a really, really pleasant surprise for this show. And he absolutely kills it. Like, Tatum and Mike Kaimoto are fantastic and incredible together. And then there's Alejandro Saab. Takes the entire show and runs with it. Oh my god. Alejandro is fucking, fucking perfect. Every one of his lines has this, like... Cartoonish evilness to him, also like dorky, like king that doesn't know any better. But also, he just plays Alejandro Saab. There are so many line reads in the show where it's like, "Oh, this isn't even Twilight anymore. That's just Alejandro just doing a thing in the booth, and it just came across."
0: Yeah, I think that's after you introduce the DBK King and you find out what the DB King really is. Yeah, that's just Alejandro at that point. <laughs>
3: I think like the 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 one that first cemented it for me was as early as episode one when they're talking about the windshield and how it's really important and gonna be important in battle. Yeah. And just the exact line delivery of, don't I'm not I'm not getting around here, don't break that shield. Okay, seriously. Just I'm like oh, just, just so many lines like that, him being silly, ridiculous, but also just him being like oh. Oh, that's, that's, that's what's up. Just, oh my God, there is so much, there is so much Alejandro Saab brings to the table. He's not even my favorite Alejandro Saab performance this year, but he is far none the most entertaining. Yep. I I think he's probably the funniest character he's ever fucking played, period it is perfect everything he does with Twilight the Demon King is just absolute uh, an absolute fucking treat like I'd argue his performance is worth the price of a mission for this dub alone it is that fucking good the top three are fucking great and amazing but who are they without their captive princess Princess Aurora Silas good rest. She wants a good night's sleep, and she will kill anybody to get a good night's sleep.
0: And that's the show.
3: And that's the motherfucking show.
0: (laughs) So who is
3: going to get crowned the princess? That honor belongs to the one the only Kira Buckland Kira, who has played such characters as Izumo Kamaki in Blue Exorcist, Beatrice in ReZero starting life in another world, Hiyoko Sionji from Danganronpa 3 Despair Arc and Rami Sugimoto from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is unbreakable.
2: I, okay, I mean, we're pro- I mean, we're probably not going to, talk about it. For We're not going to talk about if, the obvious. Say if, if, it. It ever, if it ever so we might as well just do the big one.
3: Jolene Cujo in JoJo's Stone Ocean. The only congrats. reason I brought up Raimi over uh, Jolene is Raimi's a lot closer to the particular register that uh, the princess is working with. But you're right, she is also Jolene motherfucking Cujo well, among congrats. many, 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 many other Jet, Start us off, will you?
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so, um, th- yeah, so I've heard a lot of Kira Buckland over uh, Buckland over the years, and, and I think I might have heard the first thing she was, and I think it might have been a if memory serves, but it's been a while, so I'm not totally sure. But anyway, I've heard a anyway, I've heard a lo- I've heard a lot of her stuff, so I'm pretty familiar with her range at this point. But uh, even with that in mind, this is a different. This is definitely a very different. Kira Buckland, like, I mean, like, like you can so clearly tell it's her, but it's definitely a lot more uh, chaotic gremlin than any other character she's played. Uh, She does a a pretty good job of making the princess, like, do her best to sound very, like, prim and proper, like, at least she thinks she is. And and, and, then can very easily switch to sounding, like, very chaotic and nightmares, whatever the princess is willing to do. Whatever it takes to get her a good night of sleep. And the con- like, contrast between those two extremes, if we make a lot of the one issue, comedy works pretty work pretty well. <laughs> and in general, it feels like it would be very easy to make this character annoying, because obviously, the, because obviously, the princess largely centers around one joke, and, and like any one joke also involves her like killing a lot of these demons constantly. So you would figure at some point. It might get exhausting, and you might f- get to the point where you feel a little too sorry for them to her the joke the land. Okay, but it works. Okay, but it works for a couple. But it works for a couple of reasons. Largely because the princess herself is generally not invincible, and is often just kind of like so single-mindedly, like so single-mindedly focused on her obsession with sleep that she can either be e- that she can either either be easily tricked herself or just like literally gets herself killed constantly, which is definitely pretty funny. Okay. And the, other, and the other thing is, and the other thing is that while she is very demented, she is not like actively malicious. Like she, that's like like she's really like she will definitely kill whatever is in her way to get a good night's sleep. But she's not like going out of. She's not like actively going out of her way to cause harm, It's just like well, she's got to do what she's got to do. But otherwise, she does at least like respect everyone in the castle. And does kind of like. Care for them in her own way. She is of.
3: royalty, where she both does and does not care for anybody below her status. Pretty much. Like she doesn't hate them. She is just indifferent.
0: I mean, Pretty I much. mean, the girl has Stockholm syndrome to the point she was glad to be kidnapped because she get, gets out of her duties. She even said, I'm hey, gonna- "Okay, okay, okay, no,
2: okay, I don't even think No, I don't even think that no, I don't even think that's Stockholm syndrome. But I don't. I just think like she's lazy." Did you see the sounds like oh like I'm here I can get more sleep here. I Megan like brought better.
3: Megan brought this up to me the other night actually I think she where she was
0: like I think the demons have Stockholm syndrome for her. Yeah they do because maybe yeah. when they go to Hades Castle together, and you can hear Alejandro sob to say I princess I have candy. Oh yeah oh, yeah. oh they're delivering oh, that whole thing was great. Man. Oh. My
2: God. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they all sounded so deranged that was perfect yeah <laughs> yes, uh, but, uh, but yeah Kiri uh, does a really good job of like switching between the princess's extremes very well and also she's doing make, a good job of making her sound different to like pretty much every single character almost all the time and, say, like, and then at the same time whenever the princess is like really embarrassed about anything she does a really good job of making her sound like oh like so, like, oh, so, like, oh, like, sort of cute the appearance, so they that's been in, like, in a very, like, exasperated way, and it's, it's also really funny. And so, uh, so, like, uh, like to say, that's being the bit in episode 12 we mentioned where, like, all her embarrassing stories get mentioned, and then, like, a bit early, then, like, a bit a little earlier on where she, like, has to get a tooth, she has to get a cavity removed that makes, like, a really big dramatic deal over it, and they have to do, like, a whole eight-hour surgery, and it turns out the whole reason to eat being dramatic was because her tongue is a little short and she didn't want anyone else to see that.
3: Which also, shout out to Aaron Dismukes being like,
0: wait why didn't we do this while she was asleep? <laughs> Damn, that was almost spot on. <laughs> almost.
3: <laughs> I couldn't be as loud. We have neighbors.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, yeah, but again, and then again, while the princess he definitely doesn't think too too, too highly of everyone else in the castle. And yeah, she does care for them at least, just enough that she does kind of want to help fix relations between the two races. And, and, like, and like any whole like speech she gives in episode 12 where she's kind of like talking about her experiences in the castle and how she's kind of like grown fond of everyone there is like, oh, she does, like oh she does care about them. Uh, maybe she could, maybe if only she would stop murdering them. But uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Kira's performance, uh, definitely a lot of fun, definitely really funny, like, I mean, in general, Kira Buckland is a great actor, so, like, it can't go wrong, but, like, this is definitely, like, one of my favorite performances of hers, so good stuff.
3: Excellent. Megan.
4: Uh, yeah, no, I really enjoy Kira's performance. I think she gets the cutesy aspect down, like her. Like, whenever she goes to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, she nails that. I think she gets the cute little gremlin down. And I really like how she has that kind of royal wee in her voice. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Like,
4: how she's, like, she kind of has, like, the, the the royal wee voice. And I think the reason that it works is that her voice is so soft and kind of deadpan and dead inside. As she's doing this, even though her expression is kind of crazy, I fucking love the giant eye expression they give her.
2: Oh, that's great.
3: Oh, like where it looks like, it, it looks like googly eyes, but with yeah. murder? Yeah. Yes.
4: Murdery <laughs> <laughs> googly eyes. Uh, so no, I, I genuinely really enjoyed Kira. I think this is probably one of my, my favorite Kira performances. I hate to say it, I'm actually not as uh, kept up with a lot of her stuff. Uh, as I am with other people, so yeah, overall, great enjoyment.
0: Alrighty. Jamal.
3: Alright,
0: here we go. Uh, For me, thank thank God this was recorded during the pandemic, because I'm partially convinced that Kill Buck wasn't just voicing the princess. I think Kill Buck actually was the princess, because you gotta remember, the whole deal is that the princess just wants to get a good night's sleep, and Sometimes her voice tends to come off a little sleepy as well, so I would think maybe she just got up, went to the home court booth, did her thing, and that was it. <sighs> I like how she kinda gives the, the this cute voice to the princess, and the, the princess kinda has this demeanor where, like, you know, she will uh, she will not let anybody get in her way for a good night's rest, and uh, it's kind of funny, like, how, like, some of the, some of the, uh, that happen kind of happen, because I know, like, the whole thing with the inu windows, the pressure points, and the, the other zoos, which that, like, kind of made me uncomfortable a little bit, but, uh, and I want you to put your
3: fingers in a specific spot and touch me.
0: <laughs> and, and it's funny, because
4: Oh, that part, yeah. where they're all like, <gasps> and they all think that that, that
0: Twilight's a pedo, I think, for him. Yeah, which is funny because uh, I remember I actually met Kira <laughs> years ago in a card. I took a picture with her, and, uh, for lack of a better word, let's just say I gotta take this attention to which it's kind of funny when uh, I first heard about this show and I heard the princess. I was like, wait, is her name really Cialis? And everybody in Discord just like corrected me, which. Half the time I break up, called her Aurora Aurora Borealis Drugs Bedrest, so uh <laughs> She
3: has a she has a long name and it's basically a pun.
0: Yeah, again, that's where the uh Cialis anecdote came in and I didn't even remember what it was till now, but yeah, the fact that she has to... she she doesn't even feel she only really feels the best about the slightest of things. Not the not in the grander scheme of things, because it's like, she she has no filter, which is why you see the flashback, like her mother's just trying to direct her to be a pretty proper lady, so... In fact, Kira has to deal with two sides of this character, but I think what really stood out to me the most was, I think seven, episode 7 or 8, when she has this large sack she's carrying, and one of the items is an hourglass that just shrinks you. Oh
3: my god, that scene is so...
0: <laughs> she went from Biggie Smalls to Little Smalls. And I thought though, And the way she portrayed Little Smalls was kind of very cute. Like, it was... It was like it was like looking just like a, a child... A uh, newborn child. Just like... It was kind of cute and cuddly, but... I, I thought it did stuff very well. And I know... Uh, what was it? I, I know, like, she had a, a fun time playing around with some of the lines, too. Like... At the beginning the at the beginning of the show, like when she's abducted to a castle, and she gets trouble sleeping, she comments on her pillow, talking about this pillow's making me a sad this sad sack is making me sad Oh I I wrote the this uh, <laughs> sad, sad sack's sack is... making me sad in the side. I thought that was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, she was perfect for this role. And I'm not to say that because she has stars in her eyes and that could be a David Bowie reference, but she she was very very spectacular this character, even if the character is kind of one-note. Because you know, I I would actually argue she's not that one-note. She's honestly. not that one-note, but it, she, it she's it, not one but she's no, just it's not, she's one track. She's one track, but she doesn't make you feel like it though. And it, especially again when you get to the end, because she knows like there's more to what she is than just sleep.
3: No, oh, yeah, for sure.
0: But I will say, here's to you, Kira. You have many iced Mexican mochas. Mm. So, yeah. Kira Buckland's
3: fucking perfect. Yes! She's really, really fucking just natural fit for uh, the princess. Uh, she has cute... Like, I, I'd say she's cute, but she's not like aggressively moe she is just kind of she is just kind of like a she's a cute girl who wants to get her sleep but she's also like a she is also a get shit done practical do it yourself girl who gets shit done and takes it into her own hands when she gets going she will get what she wants how she wants it she encompasses that like royal like, she's also like, I want to do this, but I also need to protect my image and the dignity of the royal family. I can't let anybody know that I want to wear underwear. That would be embarrassing for the royal family. So I will protect my dignity. And then she created- No, it's, that she, it's not that
4: she she couldn't show them because she was flashing them to everybody Look when at she was a kid.
3: Yeah. And then, and then they were like, no, that baby, don't do that. That's that's un- becoming of a princess. And then it's like, oh, I protected my dignity, mother. But you also started a rumor and sent the castle to a fucking presence.
0: Oh, yeah. The whole, yeah, that's, it was pretty much one giant game of telephone after that.
3: Also, if you want to talk some really fun Kira noises, yee.
4: Subway.
0: That, yeah, that's the line I was talking about. yeah.
4: Uh, I had to, like, rewind now. Like, did she say Sugoi? Yeah.
0: Hey. Uh, I guess, uh, so To somebody listening to this will comment on that.
3: But, yeah, no, fucking, uh, also, she has, like, the cutest, cutest little sleep noises. So fucking, like, oh, adorable! You just murdered so many people.
4: Many bothins died for this episode.
3: She she may be a psycho kill she may be a psycho killer but also she's adorable and look at those big eyes and she's soft like is she evil who can even say?
4: Also, sure you murdered hundreds of thousands of team, demon shrouds, but you're just so cute. I can forgive your war crimes. She'll go kill
0: Anybody that gets in her okay, way. Okay,
2: okay, Megan. Megan, you didn't say it aloud You didn't say the loud right. She may have killed millions of ghost rounds, but she at least made me happy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay, Armin. <laughs> no, that's, that's, no,
3: no! No, that's not Attack on that's one of the Galactic a, Heroes. Galactic heroes. Isn't, that, yeah. isn't that Maddie's character?
2: Yes. Okay.
3: He may have killed millions of people, but at least she made me happy. <laughs> Oh fuck! But yeah, also just one of my favorite scenes, as you mentioned earlier, was when she go when she she's kind like Kira sounds kind of like tiny, but kind of like a s- almost semi stoic tiny. But then when she takes the 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 shrinking potion, she becomes baby. And Kira as baby is so fucking funny. Especially when she's threatening them with the fucking quills. And she's like, get a move on. <laughs> but then she's getting poked and embarrassed by her, like, wannabe demon dads. But then she just makes a small yawn and she sleeps. And she's like, "Baby sleepy. He's like, oh no, she's kidding. Oh, yeah. So she captures chaos, adorableness... Royalness, sincerity, sleepiness, and pure unadulterated like carnage. Carnage. I was gonna say evil, but like it's not evil. It is, it is carnage.
4: Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, is it technically murder if all of the demons just get revived? Isn't it technically she's ethically farming her materials or?
3: Oh my god, she's grinding. She's grinding.
4: Oh my god, is this what the Promised Netherland was about the entire time? The, the,
3: the, the, this, is, <laughs> this is the world the kids on Gracefield Farm wanted.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: uh, oh. I don't I'm going to hell and I haven't even gotten to the song I wrote.
3: Oh lordy. But, anyways, the point I'm making is uh Keira Buckland's fucking perfect, stellar. Incredible, Lee, entertaining pick as uh, Princess Aurora Silas Goodrest fucking knocks it out of the park. Cracked my shit up every single time. And with that, it is time for the final thoughts.
4: Question, do you want me to sing my song before or after the final thoughts? After. Okay, can I go first? You may. So my final thoughts on the show is that this dub really, again, helped my interpretation of the show. By the end of the show, I really wish that there was more just to hear the cast do more. I think the direction was spot on and walked that balance of using what was written very well and ad-libbing. And the casting on this is top-notch. Uh, once again, Sound and Sasa to the part, so Amber, great, great job.
0: Alrighty, Jamal. So yeah, I know that what I heard about the show. It, it had a very cute design to it, and I was, I had meant to give out some point of watching it. There's only, there's only so much you can do with some things in simulcast. The dub really that really helps in that regard because I would bet if I had watched this in the Japanese, it probably wouldn't have had the same feeling. Other than from what some other people have told me, just Beth, all y'all that watch the show. I I definitely place... This is is one of the reasons I really like Sour Kid is because they really know how to get it done. It's like, it feels like they took their time, but with so much staff on board, it's like... They (laughs) they got a lot done in a short amount of time, but it doesn't feel like everything plays out beautifully. And see, I can do that because I'm actually a cook, so... (laughs) Anyway. Well said.
3: Alrighty,
0: Jet Jet? My bad.
2: Yeah. All in all, this was a pretty fun dub. Um, The uh, the actors were definitely very clearly having a lot of fun in the booth. A lot of performances are uh, really funny all across the board. It's pretty well casted. And the script is pretty solid with a lot of really good one-liners and so as, and so and to did it pretty good job. And it did a pretty good job of punching things up, and uh, just in general, the show itself was a pretty fun time. Again, while it largely centers around one joke, it does a really good job of getting a lot of mileage out of that joke. And so, and it's it's and it's filled with and like and it's filled with just enough like dark humor and like weird references to like make everything work. And in general, it's just like a really. Okay, I mean it goes from being like a kind of a kind of fun if sort of off culture one joke show to kind of being like weirdly sweet in its own way. So yeah, I would definitely want more of it if like more ever gets made. Dude same. And uh that's right. and uh um, yeah in general this is just a in general this show is just like a pretty easy recommendation. It's a very nice it's a it's not necessarily chill comedy, but like you'll have a very good time watching it. Definitely
0: recommend it. Well, there was that one episode that was chill.
2: Ah, uh, 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 damn it, in, I just got that. Uh, rest in peace,
0: Ice Golem. That also, Ian Sinclair. clear. just
2: okay, okay. I can't even say rest in peace. Went off screen to murder a man
3: and harvest his flesh.
2: In
0: so, okay, front of his
2: friends. Okay, okay, you know, I was saying rest in peace to high school but that's actually not even accurate. She cut him into pieces.
3: Rest in pieces.
0: I think he came back after a while, though.
2: <laughs> they
3: all kind of come back, but... The, they, they all come back to life, but the pain still sticks with you, man. Yes. The princess has died a, a thousand deaths and fears nothing. That woman can take anything. Anyways... Sleepy protested in the Demon Castle. My god, is this dub fucking fun. Every part about this fucking dub sounds like everybody is having the time of their lives. From the cast, to the crew, to the writing. Everything about this just sounds like... This feels like one of those shows where in a, a medium as typically constraining as anime dubbing is, they... Felt like they had the opportunity, the creative freedom, and ability to play with the show. And the fact that it sounds like they succeeded is genuinely fucking impressive. Uh, the cast that they uh, assembled for this was really unique and really interesting. Like a lot of uh, post-COVID... Not post-COVID. Po- Post-recording uh, re- post, uh, from home sound its doves they've got a really varied cast and crew of people from cali texas new york canada the works and it's fucking incredible everybody they got to play who they did the core cast is really something super fun and super unique this show's really funny really engaging also really heartwarming at times too this is just a good time and absolutely a, a recommendation if you want a really fun entertaining time also if you want to have fun making noises like yeah, yeah. anyways sleepy princess demon castle very good dub highly recommend give it a watch megan before we can wrap this up hit me with your cursed <laughs> bullshit are you guys ready no but you're gonna do it anyways
4: my little NTR, my little NTR, my little NTR. I used to wonder what cocloiding could be, my little NTR, until you showed that twig to me. Big dildos, cunts of cunts, a beautiful ad Hago, hey, unfaithful and wrong. Sharing kinks, it's an easy feat, and your crying face makes it all complete. My little NTR, I have your little boyfriend. Do you know I fucked his very best friend?
2: <sighs> <sighs> that was beautiful.
3: I am the very embodiment of the Citizen Kane angry clapping scene.
5: You're
4: welcome. Thank you, Internet. If you'd like to follow me, I am Hat Queen era 2 where I do shit like this on the regular.
3: Ah... <sighs> Alrighty, so, to plug us out, uh, my na- uh, th- we are the Dub Talk Podcast. If you'd like to keep up on our episodes, we post regularly every Friday or so. Uh, we post them on YouTube, as well as audio platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean, where you can take us on the go with you. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with us for updates and the likes, uh, we... We at the Dub Talk Podcast have a Twitter. And we also have a Twitch account where we regularly stream ourselves playing video games throughout the week. And having a fun time playing games, shooting the shit, having a good time. That's at uh, Dub Talk Podcast.
1: And yeah,
3: we have a Twitch and we have a Twitter. That's where you can find us for our most regular updates. And yeah, um, if you would like to support us... For a one-time do- donation, we at Dub Talk have a Ko-fi account. And if you would like to regularly support us every month or so with things like early previews and getting the chance to vote f- every three months for a chance to have a Dub Talk episode of your choice, go and support us over on our Patreon, where we would like to... Where sometimes, if you are a patron, we give you a shout-out at the end of the episode a shout out for lovely folks like megan's mom and dad michelle travis nico robin what with yaoi hands sue tweet victor may borda carly lestikow crimson echidna jacob wilson jared hawkins julia w marissa lenti and otaku anthony love your faces you beautiful wonderful people also special shout out to lenti for some behind-the-scenes factoids and things I didn't realize about Sleepy Princess before watching and discussing it tonight. Thank you a million for your insight, Lenti. This was really helpful and appreciated. Thank you kindly. Uh, Megan, you plugged yourself already. Uh, Jet, would you like to...
4: I'm not allowed to talk anymore after that.
3: I wasn't going to say that, but yes, you are you are banned from soft drinks for a week now. <sighs> Don't you give me a Siberian wine, damn it! Uh, Jet, would you like to plug yourself and what you do to the peoples?
2: Uh, yes, uh, you can find me on the Twitter that's where I will usually just uh, be talking about uh, whatever manga, anime, or cartoon news is going on. Pretty decent time. Uh, you can also find me. Uh, on another podcast, Podcast Today, where we'll usually be talking about anime news, alongside Andrew here. Cool.
3: Cool, cool, cool.
0: Uh, Jamal. Uh, let's see, I'm an assistant editor for this podcast. We follow Twitter, Jamstar 529, YouTube at Jamstar1. I'm working on a side project, which hopefully I get to debut soon. Oh, it's gonna be very fun. Uh, not really doing much at the moment, but yeah,
3: And my name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me over on Twitter at MonkMan9000. And if you'd like to hear my thoughts about the uh, t- reporting anime news and the likes, alongside fellow co-host here, Jet, hey buddy, how you doing? You can find me on Surreal Resolutions Podcast ONA.
0: I look forward to your season's eatings next year.
3: Oh, boy. That's that's going to be a ways away, but it was definitely something.
0: Anyways, we are done. Hold on. That's hold it. Hold on. Where can people watch the show? Oh, good point. Good
3: point. If you would like to watch the show Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle, you can find the show over on Funimation, where you can watch the sub and the English dub. Uh, if you would like to become a member, uh, I believe the free trial is a 14-day fl- free trial, and if you'd like to cancel before the trial is over, you still ha- you'll still you have to cancel before 14 days is up because they ask for your credit card information and will automatically charge you after the free trial is over. But it's a deal. It's a steal at this point. Yes. There's a lot of fantastic content on Funimation. Many shows like Sleeping Princess and The Works. All Got old shows, new shows. Yeah. At this point, it's a fucking steal. Give it a yeah, shot.
0: Also, uh, as of this recording, it's also up for pre-order. I write stuff wherever you buy your anime. It should be out. At the time of recording, it should be out by February 1st.
3: Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That timing does. Pending. Out, pending. It? Pending, because we are still... Dealing with the global pandemic and the production pipeline. The global pancetta. The global pancetta, and the entire production pipeline is still fucked to hell and nowhere near close to catching up. Basically, shit happens. But, anyways. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. It's...
0: Go on, wrap and let me sleep. Go on, wrap and let me sleep.
3: All right. And with that, it's time to finally
1: close our eyes and get some sleep. Go
4: sleep and let me sleep. Go sleep and yeah. Go sleep. Good night, everybody. Hello, Takuma. Okay, okay, so they're
0: asleep. Here's how oh, you cuck a demon twank. Uh oh. Here comes the <laughs> great red <good> stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're done. We can't top that. Good night, everybody. It's on, my friends. And if you've made it this far, the secret code word is Morgana
0: keep on sleeping see <laughs> ya